Blog Talk Radio. Do you guys have the same thing in mind? Well, I'll tell you what. Gary Hart's done it once and for all. He stuck his nose in the Tribal Nation's business. Tribal Nation is up on the top. We're going to the top of the totem pole. But Gary Hart, tell you what, you have that pretty hair. It's going to come plumb off. Bring Stick any team you want. Bring any team you want. Any combination. Gary Hart, we're coming after your scalp. Now, let's go. Do you know why? I'm going to show you the body that women love and the men love to fear. It's just that simple. Take a look at that. Hmm? How's that look, huh? You don't think there's You're a asking man me? out there? Look at it. I know. Hey, it don't take much for you to please you. Last time I was in San Francisco, I went downtown looking for a woman. You know what I mean? I wanted a woman. I couldn't find a woman. I found a lot of men that look like women. Now you, Hulk Hogan, you belong in San Francisco. What's wrong with you, Gene? And after it's all said and done, you're going to be taking splinters out of your fat asses all night long because you got some fat asses. The only chance you have, you have no chance, but you had a chance, is you can run lickety split. Because you can't run because you got some fat asses. You know, to the border, I have a lot of bad habits. But only ones that help me survive. Don't deprive yourself of the full power. Be a survivor. Don't smoke. Folks, there's jumping Jeff Farmer. Jeff, a while back, what a match you had with Motley. Yep. I guess what we're trying to say is whether you're a fat out of shape truck driver, whether you're a skinny geek pushing a taxi cab, whether you're a doctor or lawyer that doesn't have half the money we have. This is the way life is. If Ollie wants to slap Road Warrior Hawk, he'll do it. If Tully wants to spit on Road Warrior Animal, he'll do it. If Iron wants to take Dusty Rhodes, do all that, he'll do it. And Nikita, if I want you, all three of them, to hold you, I'm going to slap you, I'm going to spit on you, I'm going to kick you, and I'm going to go. This is WrestleCast Radio with your hosts, Ryan Cook. He's walking up the ramp with with Sami Zayn, and it's saying, now qualified for Money in the Bank, and they're advertising that. They cut to a small graphic showing Sami Zayn on one side, <laughs> the other side, and the center of it says, Sami Zayn tells all with Bobby Lashley's sister. And Alex Mello. Robo Takahashi versus everybody. I, I thought I was going to have to give him a eulogy after the, the intense main event on night two of Battle of the Super Juniors. But boy, howdy, uh, did that match live up uh, not only to my expectations, but I'm hoping yours as well. Woo-hoo-wee. I just ran a marathon, Alex. I'll tell you what, in that three minutes and ten second intro, I ran into my kitchen twice, forgot what I went for the second time. And then had to go back out and turn a light on because people needed lights. And then I came in here and I said, Dear Diary, Dear Diary, where the hell have you gone? And my, my book of wrestling is gone. So I couldn't remember oh, no. what I watched. And then I ran and I'm panting and Jen's like, what the hell are you doing? Get out of the way. And I'm like, oh, can't find my book, can't find my book. I only got 25 seconds. I can already hear me going, is it Bobby Lashley? And in my terrible audio that week, which I still need to change the video or the intro. And then she's like, damn it, it's right here. And I'm like, Ugh. and then I run back and she adds it. And as I pick it up, I hear, boy, howdy. And then I 
word. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> WrestleCast episode 87, Sydney Crosby edition. How are we doing, Alex? <laughs> we are doing fine. Now, in that instance with Jen, would she have given you a, a fantastic uh, suicide dive a la Carmelo or a botched uh, twisted triple moonsault a la Charlotte? Um, in that spot? I'll probably go a botched suicide dive, so I'll take a little bit out of both, make it easier, and ah. still have it botched. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, no, everything's going wonderful. Uh, coming back from a, a short, a strong style media, WrestleCast Radio uh, retreat weekend. Uh, we're, on Sunday, we watched, what, 11 hours of wrestling? Especially oh, count, my God, it was Five hours uh, Saturday night leading into Sunday. Uh, but uh, a lot of great. awesome awesome stuff you finally got to indulge what my weekends are when i finally get my two days off and i have four g1s to watch a raw to watch a smackdown <laughs> to watch my sake a lucha underground and an nxt and potentially a pro wrestling noah all while sydney's learning how to climb out of everything and i don't know what the hell is going on with my <laughs> what life. just happened oh my god <laughs> He causes a heel turn. Like last week, I'm still baffled from last week when we're talking, and you're in mid sentence, and my door flies open, and I see hello, and I'm like, oh my god, he's walking in here. <laughs> we're gonna have Sydney's oh. three counts in like a year, where he just discusses <laughs> his three moments of the week in Pee Wee wrestling. I- I like it. He's going to crush people. We're going to get him signed up for wrestling, and, and he's going to do, like, the weird walk that he does and go, hey, hey, and then, like, <laughs> do, like, a like a little throw, and then he's going to, like, do the um, the Jay White and drive the elbow into the chin as he's trying to, like, pin him just to be an <laughs> added douche, and they're, they're going to not notice that he did it because he's doing, like, the switchblade cut. And then Switch you know, and... <laughs> he he chop blocks somebody before the match, so they're like injured before. Ah, <laughs> oh, you're teaching them heelish things. I love it. I love oh, it. We we got to do it. Hey, Too somebody's got to do the heel right. With us, he could definitely learn from a lot of the best of the best. Hey, he would he would land us more interviews than we're gonna have. Uh, speaking of interviews, um, I I was meaning to tell you about this, Alex, and everything was getting a. Uh, Going 100 miles an hour. Uh, great. We had a great um, conference call this morning. I was excited. So we'll get into that when it comes. But um, I did get another email from everybody over at the guys over at uh, over at StarCast. And they, they sent an email about uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, is proudly sponsoring WrestleCast Radio now. We even got yes, a read. Yes. We got a read tonight. And the read is really uh-huh. weird. And I don't mean to call out B dubs, but when uh, when when we do this read, uh, you're gonna you're gonna laugh a little bit uh, on on this read. But um, as we speak, they're working on an interview list, um, and it sounds like lists. Like there's gonna be multiple, so we're gonna have a bunch of people, guys, that we're gonna be talking to uh, next week. Also for those guys and gals. Yes, yes. We we there, there's a there's a team pog member that we both were pretty excited to hope to talk to. That that'll be really yes. fun. And then we can watch her give a power bomb to Demetrius uh through a table. Uh speaking <laughs> of tape, we're gonna be right there recording. Um we're gonna be doing our live probably two, three hour full show. Um I think we're going to be doing it in full this week or that week on Friday. The entire day of Starcast. WrestleCast Radio will be there. Booth in hand, merchandise to give away yes. to sell. 
giveaways uh, that we're going to have. It's going to be a great time. Sunday, 2.30 on the main Westwood One podcast movement stage. We will be doing our mid-year awards. Uh, We'll be there from 2.30 to 3.15. Alex, I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. People are going to get to see us and interact with us. Yes. And plus, I'm excited because finally, our 2018 three-quarters of the year uh, awards show, as we will be discussing uh, probably six to eight categories, uh, you know, just kind of discuss a fantastic year in the landscape of not only pro wrestling, but to everything outside of the universe. It's, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's going to be really good. Yeah. Outside of the universe is key. Um, uh, shout, shout out to John Blaine over at uh, WBLZ Media, who has uh, his comeback wrestling show. I was just on there. I'll get the link out for everybody. I was on there for about an hour. And this guy brings up some great points about WWE. But the way he brings up his points, Alex, is a little different than we go. And I think that's why I'm so hyper. Is he comes in a, I kind of only watch WWE. I don't watch the outside. Picture this. Circa, this is Alex circa 2000, 2013 talking wrestling to me. Okay. Yeah. 2011. We'll say before Daniel the Daniel Bryan thing happened. Um, I think it was around 2011, 2010, like whatever. Those are like 2009, 2010. God, you're right. So let's go circa that before before you had ever seen him do the XT. Um, obviously, before you ever saw what a John Moxley and Yamato and a Brody Lee. God, Luke Harper. They better push him now. Um, Not until but, Chicago. Yeah. So. <laughs> Think of think of this this Alex a year later where he's starting to learn it he's starting to get it but he still is a main WWE watcher and that's kind yeah. of what what the conversation had with this gentleman and he brings up a lot of points and he comes from I'm starting to get the sense he's getting a little frustrated and the way he's talking to me is as of a a somewhat of a, a WWE Mark who's confused by the frustration and brings up valid points as to well why isn't this happening and I I just get pissed I'm I'm by the end of this I'm I'm like clutching at my forehead in confusion as to why the company does what they do. And I can't wait to discuss some of that with you because SummerSlam, I think, was the best pay-per-view that this company put out all year on WWE Progress. And I'm, I still have five, six, seven questions as to what the hell was the reason for that. What was crazy is I rewatched kind of the core matches today. Um, and, and to be honest, I enjoyed the hell out of it. The, the meat of the show was fantastic. Hell, it even started off with a bang but then, I don't know if it's just due to the timing or it, – it's very interesting. I cannot wait to discuss SummerSlam. It's divisive, but I think it's heading into a positive, positive direction, hopefully, for, for the WWE. And, and that's what I'm moment to. Obviously, third fall, we'll go inside the universe. We'll talk NXT. Let me, let me talk to this guy. I'll, I'll, I'll straighten him out. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> let him see the, the, the right side. You can, you can kind of put your arm around him like – in like imagination and be like, you know, John, I was, Hey Mark, I, I, I was a Mark just like you. I'm just a Mark for the other Marks of the Mark of the Mark. So yeah. I'm, yes, I'm, movement I'm the King guy. Mark. You're the movement guy. You're here to, you're here to fix it all. He, he said he was going to listen. Uh, he might even call in later. So we'll, we'll get, we'll talk to him if he's, you know, he jumps in for a couple minutes um, for WWE, but obviously we'll go inside the universe to close out tonight. Raw Smackdown, Really quick, I think Alex will touch on because it's you know we've already had another Raw and SmackDown since then. It's the middle of the week, you know we're mm-hmm. we're is from Oof. it. We'll, we'll meat and potatoes NXT and SummerSlam. NXT was fantastic. Yeah. 
Uh, we saw some great things, some some new things that happened, and I'm oh. excited to talk. About it. Like you said, one of the best shows of the some... year, I would say, out of anywhere. Yeah. I, I would definitely say Takeover Brooklyn four, three. What is this? Out of, it doesn't matter. They deliver every time they are they are in Brooklyn. That is for sure. So we'll get into that. Uh, middle of the show, we're going outside the universe. Uh, we're going to briefly touch on the New Japan uh, Destruction shows. They got the Bipu show, Destruction in Kobe, and I think it might be Osaka's the other one or yep. at the Idon Arena. Um, we're going to kind of just talk those. We'll talk the big matches a little bit, what we're really excited for. Some of the things that are the new and the surprises that are coming out. Uh, obviously, a guy mentioned uh, the, the K-Dojo, the Kaintai Dojo, Ayato Hamada, is going to be working mm-hmm. these cards. It looks like I'm excited for that. So we'll kind of briefly talk that. We're also talking Joey Janela's Lost in New York. It was a hell of a oh. good show. It told me that MKF against uh, Spider Nate Webb would be one of my moments of this weekend. I would have probably laughed, and it's not because of MJF. I'm, he's, he's great. He's, he's becoming a cult WrestleCast favorite with us. Yes. Um, but the match, it was, it was the epitome of when you do wrestling simple and right, you'll have an amazing match. And that was the second best match of the whole show. And mm-hmm. that's not anything bad because we're going to talk the main event, PCO, uh, Pierre Carl Roulet took on Matt Riddle, and it was awesome. Dr. Oh, Destro with the back is tremendous. It's, it's one of the most cheesy but amazing things in wrestling right now, Alex. I told somebody about it, and they laughed. And they said, this Agreed. is a real thing, and I said, yeah. and they said, I don't watch wrestling, but that's awesome. That they had you know some guy that did that. Is I had a, a premonition, hopefully something that, that we will see. We'll talk a little bit about that uh, probably during the, the, the second fall. Uh, I'll leave it as a tease. You know how I always say uh, when Derek uh, Fury, you know, ever meets eye to eye with Jay Lethal? Like, that's one of my biggest dreams. I have another dream matchup that hopefully we can see next week during StarCast and all in a weekend because, Ryan, they're going to be in the same vicinity, and I'll let you know, which I hope we get a little taste of for something down the road. Ooh, with that being said, we're coming back. We got, we got a, a big news to talk about that we didn't get to last week. Uh, we're talking a little all-in. Alex is going to talk about this other wrestling company that, hey, that's what we do here at WrestleCast. We dabble in the good because we move away from the bad, you know what I'm saying? Well, we're going to hit you with a first break, pay a couple, first break, pay a couple bills, come back. WrestleCast, don't go away. Looking to get a head start on deer hunting season? Let FML Solutions point you in the right direction. Hi, Alex from Strong Style Media here, letting our listeners know deer season just got a heck of a lot easier. FML Solutions offer a fantastic deer stand that only takes 30 minutes to assemble and disassembles with no tools required. The best part, though, is its ingenious design allows it to double as a cart to haul your trophy back to the truck. FML Solutions is a made-in-the-USA product manufactured right here in Minnesota. Check out FML Solutions on Facebook by searching FML Solutions INC and visit FMLSolutionsInc.com to learn more about this innovative gear stand. When you send a message, your name will identify you to the other caller. Record your name after the tone. Hey, yo, it's SportsCast Radio. Ryan Cook and Jordan Gistra give you the best in sports of the week with real MVPs, spit takes, big news, and obviously those rumors. Strong Style Media is available on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, blogtalkradio.com. That means anywhere. You're connected. Say hi. 
You a fan of hot takes that make you say this? Join me, Ryan Cook, and my co-host Alex Mello every Monday night right here on Strong Style Media. We'll give you the goods from New Japan Pro Wrestling, WWE, Impact, Ring of Honor, Stardom, All Japan, Lucha Underground, and many, many more. Catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio TuneIn, Player FM, and now on iHeartRadio. As always, blogtalkradio.com forward slash strong style media as well. And you know, you get us on social media. Hit us up. We got to get back to the ring. It's time for the man. You have the lowest fantasy football winnings I've ever seen. You have earnings dysfunction. I recommend DraftKings. And if you draft the perfect lineup in the free opening weekend contest, the prize is $1 billion. You said a billion dollars? Billion. With the B. This is, this is, this is money. I, I know what that is. Play DraftKings free $100,000 contest week one. And if you draft the perfect lineup, you can win $1 billion. You know, I forgot after not updating these what commercials. What the hell was week. that? <laughs> that was the Yoshitatsu music. Oh, yuck. <laughs> circa, circa before uh, AJ Styles broke his neck. Oh, gotcha. No wonder he had to change his music. <laughs> Good for him, though. He's still wrestling. He mounted a little bit of a comeback, what, a year or so ago after he had a year of crap? Because I remember you were... Like oh God! When he was the good. Bullet Club hunter, ugh. He, he was him and him and as uh, as as Finn Balor, Prince Devitt, Captain Fook, and New Japan, as he always said about him. You know, but Kudos, you're right. He goes in. He works the All Japan Champions Carnival this year. He has fun matches with Joe Doring. I think he worked Shingo. I think he worked Kento Miyahara. Shingo, Some good little matches. Oh God, that that Alex once gets on Did the. You finish um, that carnival, by the way. No, I, I, um, it ended up being uh, Kento Miyahara and Naomichi Marafuji in the finals. Marafuji beat him, and then uh, Miyahara won. But I, I was going to wow. tell you, get on and check it out. So maybe we can talk about it in the next couple of weeks. But All Japan ran a show, I think, in Osaka. And Zeus, who's half of the big guns with uh, the bodyguard, actually beat Miyahara for the title in his hometown, Whoa. and he's never been able to win the title. And I heard the match was, you know, four-star match. It was, it was Miyahara doing a lot of the work because Zeus is, you know, he's Zeus. But I tell you what, I guess that crowd was like, just where is that? My like legit Zeus, like Tony Lister? <laughs> no, no, like. Uh, uh, He's he It he's, is like what the thirtieth anniversary of No Holds Barred, isn't it? I mean, it only makes sense. It finally you, gets you, over there. Well, let me. I got I got you right here, baby. I got you. We'll <laughs> <laughs> ease it in the background, little No. Would, wouldn't it be tight if you know, kind of after Starcast, kind of ends like Thursday, after the the awesome Botchamania thing with Matthew, 
Because um, if all of a sudden we had our laptops and we're about to go back to the room, you know, we, we hang out and whatnot. We're about to go back to our room. All of a sudden I'm like, hey, we should watch that All Japan show. And then, like, I don't know, Conrad Thompson's like, hey, did you say All Japan? And then we, like, watch it in, like, some giant screen and we're all watching just All Japan wrestling. I'm just saying. Man. A guy can dream. Heavy pause this music you should have been on the conference call today because i feel like you would have had marky you would have been like janet and iggy azalea concert you would have been creaming yourself because i'm in there with uh, the conference call with eric bischoff jeff jarrett bruce pritchard cody was on the call today and uh your guy conrad was on there about Uh. 20 minutes putting everything over and it was there was a good part. I got the audio. I'm gonna I'm gonna chop and screw that biatch next nice. week. Uh, to get on there. But Cody Rhodes was saying, uh, you know, he's talking about his dad. And he's like, if you don't think Dusty Rhodes is one of the greatest three wrestlers of all time or five wrestlers of all time, you're an ignorant ass or something like that. I was like, damn, because some some fan had some somebody who had a media credential, somebody who probably was on Podcast Row, and I'm not dogging any of the guys on Podcast Row with us, but somebody just made some some comments and it was it was kind of a stupid comment you could tell cody was like well and he just kind of dropped the the answer and i was like yep you deserved it that was an asinine question you uh, and i laughed I'm intrigued what the question was i'll pull it up there's a there's, there's a spot where you can hear somebody comes into my office at work and i'm, I'm filming it because i can use the speakerphone and you hear somebody going is that jeff jarrett i remember that guy and then they just leave you're like, oh, okay, see ya. <laughs> like, that was, that, yeah. And they're just like, it was almost like, you, you know, no harm at all. Cool, I hear Jeff Jarrett. All right, see ya. I'm going to go back out there. And it's like, it never happened. Peace, chicken grease. Which, by the way, why? I mean, I, I have respect for Jeff Jarrett. I mean, he has like 21 lives in, in the Vince McMahon universe. But why? What, I mean, he has that TNA thing, right? So is that why he was on it? Or is he yeah. like a is, is Global Force a sponsor? So did we get so Global Pro- Force wrestling passes? He he dropped a, a little hint to everybody that it sounds like they're going to be doing potentially a Conrad and Jarrett TNA show. Interesting. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of one thing that he was on there for. Obviously, Global Wrestling. Yeah, I think he is. A big part of it, he's doing a lot with the Pritchard, you know, the Pritchard roast and the 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 with my baby tonight karaoke oh, that, that was, yep. all yep. that stuff. So he was kind of in there, and then obviously Bischoff because of the eighty three weeks was on there. Um, no Shivani on the call though, um, but you know, and then obviously Cody was on the I'm call. I'm so excited. I don't know why I, but listening to to the wonderful what happened when. Um, I, again, I, I was a casual WCW watcher. Of course, my loyalty lied in Connecticut, but, uh, you know, just listening to this, just thinking, wow, he was my announcer. Like, yes, Jim Ross is Jim Ross. The King is the King, but you know, it, it was Heenan and Shivani, um, and, and the other, you know, third chair, you know, the, whether it was Sabisco or the other guy or Scott Hudson, Mike Tanay, sorry, Mike Tanay, you know, it was just such a great revolving announced team for so many years that yes, it was campy at times, but to me, I thought Shivani invoked a little bit more emotion at times, more so than Jim Ross, where, you know, I, I, as a kid, I'm like, oh, JR is a little boring, where Shivani at least was like, hey, there's excitement, and so just to kind of hear his stories, and then him just kind of like shit on stuff, 
bleep my language. I apologize. Um, it, it's just amazing to me, and I, I just love that inside baseball type of stuff with with these type of shows. And ah, I, I honestly, I'm I'm probably gonna fanboy over Shivani than I I don't know Scott Steiner. <laughs> hey, maybe we'll be interviewing Big Papa Puppet all in. Who knows what's going on? <laughs> you know, I can't tell baseball, my email for like nine years was because of his character in WCW. <laughs> Nine years. Um, you know, you you mentioned baseball, Alex, and two guys that won't be going to a baseball game, particularly a Cubs game together. Cole Cabana is suing CM Punk. Uh, it sounds like the gist of it is is when when the lawsuit began, CM Punk mm-hmm. told Cabana, "Play the show on your on your radio show. I'll cover the legal fees for it." And now he's reneged on on the the legal fees, and Cabana's out of the money on it, and. Sounds like a band. What did they say? Like half a million? Yeah, about it, half a million? It was a big number, and it sounds like he's suing for more than just that number now. And I tell you what, I think he wins this thing. Yeah, I mean, not only due to that, I mean, obviously he has a, a, a job with Ring of Honor and, you know, of course, all the various other, you know, shows that he partakes in still has one of the more popular podcasts. But for a while, you know, it seemed like he was, you know, not not blacklisted per se, but you know, obviously nothing was ever going to happen up, you know, in at the E anymore. It didn't seem like anything was going to go around his way, and you know, a lot of people were, you know, you know, a lot of shows that seemed like weren't booking him for for a while. You know, there was just kind of that ooh, what if scenario, and then of course their friendship was was talked about as well. And I mean, yeah, if if he's told that, and if he has evidence saying that he was going to, you know his legal fees, then yeah, you're you're 100% right. It, it's just a shame because, you know, I, I think about you know, their history. I mean, that that's part of CM Punk's history is, is the relationship, the the training, you know, with Cole Cabana, you know, with, with Ace, you know, down down in Chicago and it's, it's just such an amazing story and then for it to be torn apart by, you know, CM Punk speaking, you know, the truth and, you know, kind of letting out his grievances for the company, that he busted his ass for for so so many years, and and for him to just be treated like trash, and for him to have an outlet, and then for it to spark as big as it did, uh, the E kind of you know shaking their their fist at them a little bit. Just you know they knew they they had no chance of winning. They just wanted to bleed their accounts, which of course they did. So it's an unfortunate circumstance, but you know it's it I think has to happen. Will it be repaired? Who knows? Uh, you know, as as they say with friendships, you know, time heals, and I and I hope with these two that's the case. Yeah, it makes me wonder. Depending how this lawsuit goes, maybe this uh, maybe CM Punk does show up at Madison Square Garden because <laughs> maybe he's gonna need a payday. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, shout out, shout out to PCO who uh, potentially is listening right now. Uh, yeah. We're going to pra- praise you uh, in just a short, maybe half hour, sir. So um, be ready for uh, the At the PCO Quebecer on Twitter. Uh, he's not a human. Yeah, yeah. If you if you guys haven't picked up on him, uh, this 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 callback run that he's been going on ever since. Uh, working Valter at Spring Break two last last Amazing. April, and this this dude is just revitalizing and becoming one of the biggest stars. And hey, he got a he 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 beat out Matt Riddle at the end of his uh of his indie run. So can't wait yeah. to talk about Janela. 
show on uh, the second. You know, you know how I was going to say it in the second fall. I'm just going to say it now because uh, imagine this, Ryan. We're 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 in podcast row. We're interviewing. You know, let's say Jay Lethal. My mind's being blown because it's Jay Lethal and Derek Fury across from each <laughs> other as we're chatting. All of a sudden, I see PCO just walking down. I'm like, God, that guy's awesome. I cannot wait to chat with him. And then all of a sudden, I see the genetic freak, Big Papa Pump, walking towards PCO. Imagine this, Ryan, an audience. Wouldn't this be a main event caliber match? Frankenstein himself, the one who is not human, battling the genetic freak. PCO versus Scott Steiner. How awesome and fun would that be? Oh, it'd be great. That would be fantastic. I want that at the weigh-in or at the 15-man battle royal. Make that happen. Do that during zero hour. I'm... Look, if if he if if they don't do that, I'll make some phone calls and I'll tell. So I I know a couple indie promoters. Maybe we can get it to happen up here in Minnesota. Oh, I'll tell you I what, love it. Let's give it that thing up, uh, uptown VFW at that uh, thing the, they had. The pageantry that you could do with with the match is enough that makes it worthwhile. And then you can have PCO do like six dives on him, and they're like, "Why is this? Why is this guy that I watched in the early '90s killing himself?" In 2018 against Scott Steiner, it's just so random. It's so random. I love it. I love it. You know, I, kudos, kudos to you, my friend. Kudos to you for that. Um, obviously, all in, like we said, is going to be huge. A lot of fun stuff coming on with it. The card is really shaping up. Obviously, we know now the main event's going to be the Golden Elite, the Young Bucks, Kenny and uh, Kota Bushi taking on Bandito. Uh, Phoenix and Rey Mysterio. That should be really fun. But one thing we kind of talked a little about last week, but we didn't get fully into it, but they did announce in the match that I was dying to see. Um, Pentagon, Kenny Omega. I'm so glad this is finally happening. Um, Wait, where where did we hear that months ago, by the way? That that had to happen. Where, Where... Ooh, where? Where? Oh, I don't know. Let, let me check. Let me check under my seat and make sure I'm not still mic'd. You know, I think Vince McMahon mics me. I'm sure everyone else did. Um, you know, let, let me let me make sure that Zack Saber Jr. still has my back here over here. Come on, Zach, where'd you go? Doesn't want to play. Hey, yeah, not done. Who's trying to keep on now, Speaking of Zack Saber Jr., um, I know this isn't 100 percent in the spectrum of wrestling, but. I, you know, we've already knocked out a half hour here. We're flying. <laughs> Have you seen the current uh, Being the Elite that came out? Not the current, but I saw half of the one beforehand. And honestly, I think it's – I haven't laughed that hard in anything in, in quite some time. I, I can't wait to finish it later and watch the new one. So without giving a ton away – the, the 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 two main things that I want you to look out for, um, so we can chat about it next week, is the opening segment is Flip Gordon walking around and he's talking about, you know, I, I've been wrestling for all these years and my last match was in '92, and you know, but I, I don't know if I'm not going to be at all in. And then he's suddenly in like a pair of like little shorts and he's jumping on a trampoline with weights. If you get where I'm going with this. Oh, yeah. And then he's like, you know, and then all of a sudden Matt Jackson walks up to him. And he's like, Flip, 
Flip, I want you to be it all in. He's like, I'm not booked. I'm not in a match. I'm not going to come. He's like, I want you to be there. And it's literally the entire Beyond the Mat open, or segment. And then he's, <laughs> he's finally, I, you know, I already got, I'm already booked. I can't be there. He's like, you can, this is where Matt Jackson, I lost it. He's like, I'll let you book the main event. It's, come on, it's the Dream Six Man. And then he's like, I'll let you book me and Brett. Because, you know, obviously, Funky's at his own. He can fuck me and Bret Hart. <laughs> so then they show Matt Jackson walk away, and he trips like Terry Funk does on Beyond the Mat the exact same way. And then it cuts to the two of them with their arm around him. He's like, of course I'm going to be there. It's the main event. I have to be in the main event. And he's like, he's like, it cost me 130 bucks to switch around my ticket. They're doing this verbatim. He's like, he's like, you're going to cover it? And Matt Jackson puts his arm around. He's like, I was going to pay you 50. He's like, I'm getting double. And then he like fake punches him in the stomach and they're like hugging. <laughs> and then, and then it shows him text Cody about it. And uh, Cody's replies is no, no, no. And then it says, Hmm. And then like 18 capital letters is a giant. No. And Matt just looks at the camera and kind of shakes his head. Like I tried. And then the episode starts. Everybody who's seen Beyond the Mat needs to watch this because it is so perfect. It is so damn perfect. And then you, the it really is something that, that that they have done. All I mean, these, these group of guys, just just amazing. How, like you say, prolonged the storyline. Mm-hmm. Like what I saw up to was their match, uh, <laughs> the the Golden Elite versus the Golden Elite. And how they're like, you know what? What if we just, you know, have a spot fest and we just choreograph? Like, obviously taking the <laughs> shots at Orlando. Like, it was just so tongue in cheek, perfect. And it was funny because obviously I watched the match beforehand. And when we were discussing it, we we're like, they did not touch that whole time, and you know, until obviously the the DQ and such. Um, but but with that, right. how it was shown, how it was planned before, it was just beauty and perfection, and it was just like breaking the eighth wall, not even the fourth wall, Ryan. It's they're brilliant. So kicker to where I'm going with this, and this ties me back to the Cody All In press conference, is the last thing you see is is Marty Skrulls walking down a hallway. And he's determined, you know, and he's trying to get big and everything, you know, because he's, he's not a little guy. He can fight the heavyweights. And then coming down the opposite hallway around the corner is Kazuchika Okada flipping his balloon around that he's got on a string. And he's, you know, he looks like a real dick. And he's just kind of playing with his balloon. He's got his, his Kazu shirt on. Exactly. And they kind of meet at the same time and run into each other. And they turn around. And he kind of looks at Okada and he sizes him up. And Okada looks right at Marty Skrull, and he flips the balloon around in one hand. Then the other hand, he holds up two fingers, then he holds up a zero sign, and then he holds up five fingers for 205 Live for Marty Skrull. Wow. And, and, then, <laughs> and then Zack Sabre walks up and like, Okada. Like, I love yeah. how they have that. They're like, not shaming him, and they're just like, you can't beat him. Come on. You're, you're obviously Zack Saber shows up and he's like, "Hey Marty, you're wrestling Okada, right?" And he's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "You're, you know." And then he drops an f bomb, and then Skrull's like, oh, "Just like Jack Swagger randomly was like, you're gonna wrestle Okada, you're, uh, you know." 
And the whole thing that blew my mind out of this, I'm like, God, Okada's played a big part in getting Marty Skrull over. That's what I love about this is Okada, the number one wrestler in, in God's given earth, green earth this in the last five years, Kazuchika Okada. Mm-hmm. And I will argue till my deathbed that there's not a better wrestler on the planet than Kazuchika Okada is, is on this YouTube show continuously putting over Marty Skrull. And, I don't think Marty Skrull's winning this match, and I don't think that matters. I think what they're do, what, what Okada's doing is going out of his way to put him over. And Cody then talks about on, a, on his show how, how amazing the show is because, you know, he's like Nick Jackson took Okada under his wing in TNA, and they mm-hmm. wanted Okada to play what he, against, um, uh, what's his name, the, Eli, Elijah Burke or D'Angelo De Niro. And Okada wasn't comfortable doing it. Nick Jackson was like, F off. This guy's not doing it. He doesn't feel comfortable. He's not doing it. And he looked out for him. And obviously we know the reason the Young Bucks have gotten booked so much is because Okada's been like, Gato, you have to book these guys. They looked out for me. I owe them the favor. From what, from what Cody said on this call is Okada's choosing and wanting to be on the Being the Elite shows because he wants to repay the Bucks. He wants to repay them for the TNA stuff, and he wants to help Marty. He's the one who asked to be on All In. So you, you're now, we're, we're now finding out that the greatest wrestler alive is asking and volunteering to do whatever they need on their funded show that they took a risk on. That's how big this thing has gotten. Kazuchika Okada wants it. I want to be on your show. He he went to Takaki Kadani because Harold Mage wasn't there yet. He said Kadani, I'm doing this show, and it sounded like it was a, you know, I hope I have your blessing. If not, I'm doing this for these guys. Like that's how big this got, and that's how big these relationships have gotten. And now you officially can see exactly why somebody mm-hmm. like Vince McMahon officially like, hmm. I'm a little nervous. Yes. And, and Jericho, on Jericho's podcast, to, to give him credit, he went to Vince and mentioned they're doing this all-in thing, and, and Vince was like, you, you don't run a pre-sale on a Sunday. You don't do shows in September. They should know that. You know, and, and, and they joke about it. How Jericho was like, tell him to give me a call. I'll give him some, some help, you know, booking shows. And they're laughing, and and. Matt Jackson's like, oh yeah, because I got Vince McMahon on speed dial, so I can just call him and go, hey, how should I, how should I promote this show? You know, and they're laughing. <laughs> but yeah. you know, the, the point of it is Vince McMahon is is seeing this and he's realizing they sold out Madison Square Garden. WWE running these shows with Ronda and, and Roman headlining, they're not selling out Madison Square Garden. But the fact that we know we're going to get a New Japan-style main event, I guarantee you we're going to get an IWGP title match in America. And I will be shocked if it's not something crazy like a Kenny Omega Hiro- or a Kenny Omega Tetsuya Naito main event. Or like we said before, they could give us Kenny and Kazu in the main event. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's more, as you were saying last week, that that just has more precedence. Um, Obviously, you could go Tanahashi Okada as well, but I think Okada Omega is just something, like you said, in in America to to have this match, two of the biggest stars in the last three years. Obviously, Naito would be a welcome addition. Hopefully, you know, they've done triple threat before, four ways, what have you. Uh, But yeah, Omega Okada, the, the prestige of what you know, this renaissance has, has kind of come off of and kind of kick-started with what 
these two did back at uh, Wrestle Kingdom uh, 11 there. So, it, it, yes, I, I think you're, you're 100% right, Ryan. That's the match you want at the Garden 2019 uh, WrestleMania weekend. That's <laughs> and, what and, you know, the weekend. I, I still am hoping that Daniel Bryan didn't resign, even though I'm sure he did, because I think he's already got his Hell in a Cell match booked. I was yeah. really hoping we'd see Daniel Bryan at All In. But I tell you what, if if Kenny Omega, at the end of the MSG show, he beats Okada, and CM Punk does a run in and attacks Omega, you can't tell me that that's going to be the biggest buzz, including WrestleMania, over the whole weekend. If we see Punk show up and take out Kenny Omega. I don't If that it, happens, how quick do they get a mainstream television deal? If oh, CM Punk walks into the garden, how many bidders would they get? I still think they, that there's a good chance that if Sinclair can maneuver and not not lose but maneuver the rights and make no. money off this, if they get in, if they get on WGN, I'm telling you, I understand that Warriors Wrestling I mentioned to you, but if you can get ROH on on WGN, it's the second biggest network and you know the second biggest television company in in the U.S. hands down because it's going mm-hmm. to be in almost as many homes as USA Network. It, it, I mean, it's facts. That's facts. And yes. WWE is posting some booty ass ratings, and this market is ripe for the taking. And I'm telling you, man, I know. It's not the CM Punk of old, but the intrigue of him and Kenny Omega would blow my mind. Just the thought of it. There's so much that could happen. And, not and that I needed any more dream matches, Ryan, but now <laughs> that is going to dance around my head for weeks to come. Here's another thing for you. Not to keep rambling on this so we can hit a break and come back for and talk some uh, PCO Matt Riddle, the Janela and, and company, but... Who's to say they don't do Kenny and Kazu like like you had kind of said? Who's to say they don't do Kenny Omega, I don't know, against Kota Ibushi? They give it to you that show. And now, now to be fair, I think that would be stupid. You've already sold out this building. You don't have to give me a – you could give me Kenny Omega against Toa Hanare, and you already took my money, and there's nothing I can do about it. Regardless. <laughs> and I, I mean, First and foremost, nothing against that. Toa Hanari is, is tight. I like Toa Hanari. He's getting great. You but do, yeah. There's a lot, a lot you can do. You could give us Kenny Omega against Minoru Suzuki, and the place would lose their mind for that. Who's to say oh, exactly. you, don't do, you don't do Okada Jericho? Who's to say you don't pull over Jay Lethal and have him successfully defend the title against Okada? And Pete Okada, something not many people do. There's a lot you can do to this. And I know Jericho said he doesn't want to work all these, you know, work in America because of his thing with Vince. But I tell you what, that MSG show has got to be making people thirsty. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Chris Jericho getting on there, he's already doing the stuff with Impact, um, being there on the cruise. Isn't he, and he still also- the IWGP Intercontinental <laughs> Champion? So, I mean, he definitely has some hardware to kind of defend if that keeps uh, going there. I'll tell you what had my choice in April of what to do, I would choose the ROH New Japan show at Madison Square Garden light years over the WrestleMania show. I Look, we talked about it last week. The rumor is WrestleMania is going to be in Minnesota in 2020 for WrestleMania 36 or whatever it is. I'll tell you flat out, man, I'm more excited to go to the ROH New Japan show if they do another one. I'm do more excited to see the, Do they sell out Tar- the XL? Oh, They're God, not going to yeah. be Target. Yeah, you got to do the X. You got to you got to keep it classy. You got to do the X. 
But I tell you what, you, you mean to tell me we get to go see Spring Breakout 4? You mean we get oh. to see uh, a couple of all shows? We potentially get to see, you know, a blood sport again if Game Take Changer keeps... Money now. Exactly. You know, the, I mean, there's so much we can go see. Who, who's to say somebody like Shimmer doesn't dabble in and try to run a show? Hey, we'll give you, uh, we'll give you Kagetsu against uh, Mayu Iwatani. Take my freaking money. So you're saying like we could buy PCO a beer in like yeah. 2020? We'll buy him a beer and he can have Dr. Destro zap me and I'll be on crack running through Minneapolis all night. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> By the way, how awesome is it going to be at the X when, like, 20,000-plus just yell, Kaze ni nare at Minoru uh, Suzuki? And I'm do you want Suzuki in a tag match along with Zack Sabre yeah, Jr. battling for the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships? Or do you, do you prefer him in a singles match? You know, based on what we could see come 2020, how fun would a match be if we got – and this is way far booking, making sure – 2020, holy crap. <laughs> but, you know, if I could go to the Tokyo Dome and you gave me Tomohiro Ishii and Hiroki Goto defending the tag titles against Suzuki and Zack Sabre, oh. give you a oh. WrestleMania ticket for that match. Take my money. <laughs> Here, Suzuki wrestling in two years, he's probably in better shape than than most people. Definitely around his age, right? Is he still grappling? Gotcha. Years. He's he's gonna look. I mean, look at look at you know you know. Look, we're gonna take a break. We come back. We'll talk New Japan Destruction Tour. We'll talk PCO Matt Riddle. We'll talk Janelle Austin New York. But they're doing a tribute show with Manabu Nakanishi, Yuji Nagata, Tenzan, and Kojima in the main event of one of the destruction shows. Which some people might go, "Well, it's a bunch of old guys and boring." That's gonna be a fun as hell show because the Yuji Nagata, gonna... be kidding me! That's an amazing main event. <laughs> I am not, I am Eugene Nagata kidding you whatsoever. When we come back, we're talking those shows and a whole lot more wrestling. Most people would consider this illegal. 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 What was mere vision suddenly became a reality. When you put a bunch of entities together and you bundle into one giant conglomerate. Baby, you get strong style media. My name is Ryan Cook. I'm the chairman of our company and I'm here to tell you that each and every week, Sunday through Thursday night, we give you the best in radio. For boxing needs, standing eight count radio. For pro wrestling, we got WrestleCast. We got your sports knowledge covered with SportsCast. You like movies? The pop cultures are where it's at. And for all your local hip-hop, Soda Sound Radio. Make sure to subscribe, like, comment, rate, share, follow everything you got. iTunes, Stitcher. Google Play, Radio Tune, and that more. We are Strong Style. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my Mello here, one half of the Pop Culturist, inviting you to get your pop culture fix every Wednesday night here on the Strong Style Media Network. Alongside Half Pine Kyle Adams, we'll see who got beat down at the box office, run down the Manic Movie Minute, find out what Kyle has for his musical mantra, and you hear our takes on the latest in film, the television, and the music. 
Listen to the Pop Culturist every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on blogtalkradio.com forward slash strong style media or search strong style media on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and Player FM. Strong style media, we are conglomerates. Greetings and salutations, fight fans. It's your boy Dub, one half of Standing Eight Count Radio. We want fight analysis, news, a look in the local Minneapolis, Minnesota boxing scene. Then tune in Sundays, 10 p.m. Central Time, and listen to Ryan Cook and I break down the street science. If you don't know where to find us, you can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and Blog Talk Radio. That's Standing Eight Count Radio, and that's presented by Strong Style Media. We are conglomerate. I'm eating. I'm eating some salami. I, Spoiler I alert! Where's the pancakes, homie? I know you, <laughs> you could be about those waffles at your house, you know, with that Stranger Things gimmick. But <laughs> salami. Shout out, by the way, shout, shout, yeah, well, so so me and Jen, we started playing um, Stranger Things Monopoly, and then I also bought this Oregon Trail card game, and. We'll drink How like many a bottle. Did of... you get dysentery? Mm, I didn't. We we didn't end up finishing because I had to go on the radio and do sportscast. So <laughs> we never finished the game. We did lose a bunch of oxen and food, so I was a little pissed about that. But we, I, I went and bought some like good like sandwich meat, and we got crackers and cheese, and we got a nice white wine, and we would drink wine and eat crackers and cheese and 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 meat and. Who the hell are you? Food. That's supposed to um, be me. My name is Ryan Cook, and I am the chairman of One Strong Style Media. Catch all of us everywhere. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so you know we're doing all that, and I'm you know I didn't have dinner. We were busy as hell. My shoot job is is busy right now, and I found like just like a meat platter of um. Let's see, it's the Columbus Charcuterie Trio with Italian dry salami, peppered salami, and calabrese salami. So mm. I was like, I'm just gonna grab that, smash that in the corner, while um, I kick back with a with an adult uh, drink here and uh, some Canadian dry ginger ale with lemonade or and lemonade combo. It's actually pretty good. It's new, but um, <laughs> that's yeah, that's what's going on. That. Oh, <laughs> check it out. You know, speaking also of sponsor, check out look, us, at, uh, us out on Twitter at WrestleCast. With the T underscore SSM. WrestleCast. And buy our damn shirts. SSM. Buy some shirts. StrongStyleMedia.com. Check out the store. Boom. Look, we've already we've put out about 50 shirts. I got 52 pounds of shirts still in my living room, so I need to sell them. So I need to come buy some shirts. I'm giving you a free bracelet if you buy it. Um, once again, I want to give some love to the podcast move, movement. Also, uh, Westwood One, who owns the rights to the NFL uh, on the radio they put us up. Uh, much love goes to Westwood One. They're putting WrestleCast yeah. Radio, StarCast on Fight Sunday. 
the second, 2.30. We will be live coming at you on Westwood One. I mean, are we big-timing right now? Because I feel like we're big-timing, but I'm glad we're big-timing. You know what I'm saying? Yes. We deserve a big-timing. It's definitely going to be big-timing. It's going to be fun, though. Uh, A lot of laughs, a lot of banter. But you know what else I'm excited for? We might get to go see, like, some pretty good wrestling later that night. Down in literally my neck of the woods, south side of Chicago there, uh, Mr. Ray Mysterio Jr. Who would have thought I would be excited? I I didn't, but let me let me let me get let me do this one little bit so we can we can we can throw some more ka-ching in the pocket. Um, I gotta read. We gotta read from a new sponsor. I want to read it, and it involves Chicago, and that's why I want to read it, Alex. And then we're gonna we're gonna break down the, the Warrior Show. Uh, but, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Buffalo Wild Wings in Hoffman Estates is proud to sponsor WrestleCast Radio. Show your StarCast convention badge and get 15% off your food purchase. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The Buffalo Wild Wings in Hoffman Estates is hosting a wrestling trivia night on Wednesday, August 29th at 7 p.m. Come out and show your wrestling knowledge. Buffalo Wild Wings has 30 different beers on tap at this location. Domestics, imports, and crafts. Something for everyone. Pricing starts as low as $3.50 for a tall. Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings is located right by the Sears Center in the popular Prairie Stone Shopping Center. Exit at Route 59 on Highway I-90. Turn at the light and then left at the first light into the center. Stop out before or after the main event. Alex, Buffalo Wild Wings, Wing Beer Sports. Now, let me say this one thing real quick. I cannot wait. Let me me say this one thing that really confuses me, and this is not a knock. Buffalo Wild Wings, if we don't get a discount whenever we go to B-Dubs now and you don't sponsor us, don't take this personally. The end of the read, I'm going to read you the last paragraph and then the last two words of it, and I'm going to kind of put it together. Because there's more. There's like three reads in one. They sent us a bunch of stuff. I'm, d- dude, I'm totally jacked to go to B-Dubs. I'm going to go to B-Dubs tomorrow by me and go, hey, man, you going to hook this up or what? I'm sponsored, biatch. But it says, weekly specials at the Hoffman Estates Buffalo Wild Wings are half-priced traditional wings on Tuesdays, $1.49 kids' meals, and 99-cent chicken tenders on Wednesdays, and 65-cent boneless wings on boneless Thursdays and Mondays. Chafing dishes. Huh. What? For some reason, it just says chafing dishes at the end of the page. <laughs> and I have no idea why. I have wow. no idea who's I'm going to send you the read. So when you're doing pop culturist, you know, if you want to do the read, but literally it just says chasing dishes for no reason at the end of this. Read. <laughs> That's going to be our next shirt on strongstylemedia.com. <laughs> Click on the shop link. Our next uh, third WrestleCast shirt. <laughs> Hashtag I, I'm literally... I'm literally reading the entire, I just sent you a picture of it, screenshot. I'm literally reading this entire read B-Dub sent me. And I'm going through the read, and I was like, hey, look, I got a full page I'm going to read you. It can be broken up into multiple things. Can I just, you see it? You see what I'm talking about? Oh, I'm my read, gosh. I'm reading this entire thing verbatim. And also, I'm just like, you know, and, and, uh, and on Mondays, chafing dishes. And the dude just starts laughing. And then I realized I literally just said chafing dishes for no reason. So, <laughs> beat up Hoffman's estate. Come say hi to us. I love Hoffman Estates. That's awesome. Uh, so, do we get, like, B-dubs where we're at? I mean, I, I got a date night this weekend with a B-dubs. Hey. Is that, we like their wings. <laughs> do I just say, hey, 
fantasy Dark football Tennis. draft to beat up on Sunday. I'm going to be like, hey, homie, hook it up. I got a 15% discount because you sponsored my show. But I'll tell you what, come come find us. One of those nights, Alex, we got to go to this B-dubs, take advantage of it, mingle with the folks. I was um, on Thursday for sure. Also, Alex, um, we got to figure out what we want to do, but after All In, Saturday night, there is a after party at the Gameworks right out in – um um. What city is this? Sarboro, not Sarboro. Schaumburg, sorry. There is a Gameworks in Schaumburg that's going to be a big uh, meet and greet, a uh, big meetup with a bunch of other podcasts and stuff. So I think we should attend that Saturday night. Yes. Come say hi to everybody out there. I'll buy a beer. Buy one of my T-shirts. I'll buy a beer. Fair trade. I think I win that one. Uh, appreciate it. <laughs> but, uh, no, Alex, you alluded to after this long-ass comeback. There is a show Sunday night that we uh, decided we're about to slide into. Why don't you break this yeah. show? Yeah. Oh, I, I don't. I do not have that card. But no, it, it has some pretty damn, damn good wrestlers. I mean, I'm, am I right? Oh man, <laughs> I thought in the whole time of the buildup you were going to pull the whole card out. No, I, I, I was really intrigued into you know kind of what we were what we were stating here. I don't see a card here. All it shows is kind of the wrestlers that they have, which include, I mean, I don't know where to start, but we got uh, Jeff Cobb, Brian Cage, Rich Swan, Pentagon, Phoenix, Ray Mysterio Jr., and A-Double himself, Austin Aries, Marion Catholic <laughs> High School in Chicago Heights, literally my neck of the woods. I got family like all that, that live like blocks away from there. I have cousins that go there right now. Uh, but but Warrior Wrestling too on on Sunday September second that card that roster right there that's like all in part two isn't it? Oh Alex, uh, just so you know too, VIP Fan Fest starts at five fifteen to seven fifteen twenty five bucks. Fans will be able to get free autographs and pictures with the stars of Warrior Wrestling. As of right now, we might as well get it booked. Second row seats still available seventy five bucks. We might want to get our second row here. Check it out. First row is sold out, ladies and gentlemen. Um, bleachers at $30. Floor seats are 40 for general admission. Fourth row, 50 Third row, 60 Second row, 75 Damn it, Alex. You know I got to sit as close as possible because I don't like heights. James Ellsworth's going to be there along with David Arquette. Wow. What? They're going to be in a tag match against each other. Colt Cabana. What? Like, yeah, we were going to get Sounders galore, right? Oh, my gosh. Phoenix and Pentagon are going to be there. A guy that I'm very excited for that is crushing it on the indie um, scene right now. We're going Sammy to discuss Blanchard versus, you know, our favorite person, Miss Jordan Grace. Oh, <laughs> here we go. Yep, so for the Warriors Wrestling tra- Championship, the War of Attrition match, Rey Mysterio, Sammy Guevara, Phoenix, Jeff Cobb, Austin Aries, Pentagon, Brian Cage and Rich Swan in an eight-way elimination, it looks like. This booty-ass match, RJ City and David Arquette versus James Ellsworth and Frank the Clown. That's the match I'm going to be trying to drink as much beer as possible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for the Black Label Pro title, you're right, Jordan Grace, Tessa Blanchard. Uh, Chelsea Green, Britt Breaker, Mia Yim and Santana Garrett in a four-way. DJ Z versus Monix. And then we get Matt Nix, Isaiah Velasquez, and Gringo Loco. Remember Gringo Loco from the uh, ladder match, Alex? Uh, yes. Yes, I do. And then, 
against Stevie Fierce, Bryce Benjamin, and Robert Anthony. Um, Adonis versus Cabana. Uh, All in versus Bradley. Much more tickets available. Man, we, we're going to hit that up. We're going to hit that up. That's going to be fun as hell. I can't wait. We have to, right? We have to. That's, wow. In my in my area. And then we're going to get some Italian beef right after. <laughs> we got to figure out when we're doing our next WrestleCast. But uh, I'm going to, I'm gonna man, I'm going to see if we can get the promoter of the show on next week and talk to this guy and, and ask him about the show. Perfect. That's going to be my job. And then we're going to figure out where we're going to be able to do it because I have terrible, excuse me, terrible work hours. But, guys, come see us. We're going to be all over Chicago. That's going to be a – oh, God, next weekend's going to be so fun. It's going to be so fun. Um, let's get I can't into, believe it's already here. I know. I know. That's what blows my mind is we're already into it. You know, since we're not going to do a full, full preview, um, do you want to briefly just touch on the New Japan Destruction Tour, and then we can give our thoughts on the Janela loss to New York – and yeah. uh, move yep. on to go inside the universe. Uh, the Destruction 2008 tour uh, kicks off September 7th. Obviously, Alex, they're doing it at Cork and all. Um, the the main event, Golden Lovers, Kenny Omega, Kota Bushi taking on Tomohiro Ishii and Will Ospreay. Wow. <laughs> what? What? Uh, then we get Tanahashi, Makabe, and Honma, Great Bash Heel, uh, against Kazuchika, Okada, Toriyano, and Yoshihashi. That should be kind of fun. Naito, Evil, Snot, and Bushi against Minoru Suzuki, Takashi, Azuka, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, and El Desperado. Fun little match, Taichi and Taka being reunited against Hiroki Goto and Gato. A fun little singles match, the returning Beretta taking on Toa Hanare. Bad Luck Fale, Tamatanga, Tsangaloa, and Taiji Ishimori, the firing squad, taking on Juice nice. Robinson, Michael Elgin, David Finley, and the guy that I'm excited is now full-time, Ayato Yoshida. And then in the opener, Renderita and Shota Uminu, the Young Lions, taking on Yujiro Takahashi and Chase Owens. That's a fun-ass start to a card, man. If you're starting your tour that way, let's go. And when you mean to tell me... <laughs> Ishii and Osprey against Abushi and Omega? Yeah, that's... <laughs> what? What? Who's, how many tables are going to be broken in this match? And I'm gonna how is the two- submissions going to come in? I, I don't know how, how this match is going to work, but it's going to be insane. Is this going to be another five-star tag team match? I think it might be, because here's the thing is, I bet you all four of those guys are going to have their working boots on, because they're all going to go, God, we haven't wrestled in a month. I was about to say, they've had some time to rest, and that's what's so important. This is their match to reach. And and here's the kicker, I'll ask you, screw the tables thing, you know, because I don't think there's going to be any tables. Who's taking the pin? Who are you not having go over? Because you can't have... Ishii's got a pin Omega... Yeah, or Ishii's got a pin of Bushi. Yeah. So now you mean to tell me we're watching one of the Golden Lovers take a pinfall the first night of this tour? Sorry, this ain't WWE where pinfalls come out of a dime a dozen where they 50-50 the whole damn program. Well, if Corbin win this week and Balor win this week and Corbin win this week and Balor win this week. This is big names don't lose matches. There's four stud names in this match. I cannot wait for this match. The only bad thing that could happen is Osprey has that hot streak coming off of the G1. And and one would think, especially where he's going to challenge 
you know, possibly, you know, after Cody gets his, uh, well, as we'll get into that, after his shot against Juice, I'm sure Osprey's going to go for his shot after or possibly the, the never uh, open championship. And here's the one thing, the only thing that could scare me is if the firing squad comes out. Hmm. It's the only backlash. I'm just kind of running through again here. And obviously we'll give predictions and more in-depth thoughts as the shows come on here. We just, we had to talk about it because they dropped it and any chance to talk about new Japan, we're taking it. Also, uh, does Taka get the win over Gato in that tag? Oh man. That's, that's how it ends, right? I think. Taichi <laughs> pin, driver. I think <laughs> pins Gato. Just so you can keep Taichi strong for uh, Hiroki Goto. Uh, September 8th. Hiroshi Tanahashi and Juice Robinson taking on Kazuchika Okada and Beretta. Coming back from his injury already in the main mm-hmm. event. Let's go. WWE, you screwed up on letting Trent Beretta walk. I'm going to tell you that right now. This dude is so good. Now he's Ooh, main he's... eventing and tagging with uh, the best yeah. wrestler in the world, Kazuchika Okada. It's another guy they let walk, Juice Robinson. Yeah. And Hiroshi Tanahashi. And he's teaming um, the... with the A's, by the way. How flamboyant is that team going to be, Ryan? How crazy... Um, are the women going to be swooning? Men and women are going to be swooning <laughs> over that shit. Throwing towels at them to wipe their sweat off with. The Ace <laughs> Flamboyance, is that their name? It, they could be, or they'll just both be um, um, Taguchi Japan. Ooh. Ace Flamboyance <laughs> is better. Um, Ishiyano and Osprey against Omega, Abushi and Yujiro. We get the Suzuki Goon LIJ tag match again. Goto and Yoshihashi against Taichi and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. We get a Makabe, Elegant Finley, and Hanare against the Firing Squad. Shoto Umino and Yuya Yomura against Ren Narita and Yota Suji. Glad they're getting Yomura and Suji in the mix. But the one match that I'm going to tell you that stands out for me, and not a lot of people are going to agree with me on this, but, but hear me out. They're doing a one-on-one match between Ayato Yoshida and Chase Owens on this show. I cannot wait to see what happens in that because this is where we get to go, wow, Ayato Yoshida might be ahead of the Young Lions and he just stepped into this company. Mm-hmm. So I'm really intrigued. And once again, Chase Owens gets to come in there and kind of kind of be the big boy and, and help away, out. Yeah. I'm really excited for that match. That, that really stands out for me. Um, I just circled that match with my note pen. Uh, on my phone to uh, make sure to uh, watch that. No, I, uh, I'm excited to see this Yoshida shirt. Um, then Road to Destruction, September 9th. This is the one I was talking about. We get Manabu Nakanishi, Hiroyoshi Tenzan, Yuji Nagata, and Satoshi Kojima taking on Togi Makabe, Tomoaki Honma, Juice Robinson, and Dave Finley. That should be really fun. Ishi Finley. Is it Tenzan mm-hmm. or Nakanishi? Kojima. Kojima in the Bread Club. Ooh. And since he now runs the bread club. Uh, then we get Tomohiro Ishiyano <laughs> and Beretta against Osprey. Ishiyano, Beretta, and Osprey against Omega, Abushi, Yujiro, and Chase. Tanahashi and Hanare against Okanahashi. We get another um, eight man with Suzuki and LIJ. Goto and Gato against Taiichi and my guy, El Desperado. Uh, Elgin, Ayato Yoshida, Shota Umino, and Red Narita against the Firing Squad. And then another, the two new guys, Yoda Suji and Yuya Yomura. I'm kind of interested in that. Uh, obviously, like I said, they're I'll in Chiba. That one. Did, they're I in mean, if Okada, like, just 
gets angry at Yoshihashi and just gives him like three Rainmakers. Like everyone will be fine with that, right? Don't care. Leaves him in Don't. the ring. Um, it's it says the show's in Chiba, so they're in the goddess hometown. It's a homecoming. It's gonna be a really oh. fun show. Oh, I can't wait for this one. I'm gonna go put him up on this. September 15th, Alex. Um, I'm going to be in Vegas uh, covering Ganello, uh, Canelo and Golovkin. So I can't watch this until I get back from Vegas. So I'm going to be really pissed off. So hopefully I can I can try to make this work. I might try to watch it there. I mean, don't get me wrong. I might be the guy walking around wasted on the strip in Vegas watching New Japan. I but, mean, um, since you did say you were going to get my ticket, uh, I, I'm going. So... We will okay. be finding some low key New Japan bar, or we will. I'll bring my Roku, or my. We're gonna find stick. a bar, and we're gonna sit and just drink Plug this in. Plugging this in, and we're, we're gonna, gonna be hot spots. Plug it in, <laughs> and we're gonna just be drunk on the middle of Fremont Street or something, watching New Japan. <laughs> oh, I love it. Drinking Sapporos all night. I'll break my keto for some Sapporos, goddammit. And here's the kicker. We get to watch, uh, right before we go watch Golovkin and Canelo, this show that we're getting is Liger, Tiger Mask, and Kushida finally getting on the tour. And Rocky Romero showing yo the the trio of Rapungi 3K. Get the Toa Hanare Bad Luck Fale rematch. Maybe Hanare jumps. Uh, We get the kill. Squad taking on Elgin and once again Ayato Yoshida. We get Osprey, Chucky T, and Beretta all getting put together, which I'm excited for, against Kota Ibushi, Yujiro Takahashi, and Chase Owens. Juice, David Finley, and Raisuke Taguchi getting a shot at the six man openweight titles, Girls of Destiny and Taiji Shimori. We get Goto, Yano, and Gato against Taiichi, Azuka, and Kanamaru. We get another eight-man Naito, Evil, Sonata, and Bushi against Minoru Suzuki, Zack Sabre Jr., Saki Michinoku, and El Desperado. But then we get Tanahashi, Makabe, and Honma against Okada, Yoshihashi, and Jay White. And in the main event, Kenny Omega, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, and the Stone Pearl Tomohiro Ishii. I can't wait. I love it. I can't wait. I'm just bummed that it's happening in just in September. Like I, I get destructions. You know they're they're supposed to be big shows, but you know I I, I it just sucks because you know you know it's going to be a hell of a bout. It's going to be a hell of a battle. Uh, hopefully something as you know if not I don't know how they're going to beat Night 14 of G1. That to me was a five point five point five star match. Um, I, I, I'm hoping I'm hoping Please. the dog has his day September fifteenth. It would make me the happiest person drinking Sapporos at at four a.m. in Las Vegas. Dude, I will I will throw my suit in the garbage can and walk up to the building instead of wearing a dapper ass suit like I usually wear to these boxing shows, wearing a stone t-shirt I'll buy at the Las Vegas Fight Shop. Shout out once again to the Las Vegas Fight Shop in the Planet Hollywood shops. They follow us on Twitter. We follow them back. What up? (laughs) Three shows left. We're going to ignore some of the other kind of uh, Road 2 shows. They're kind of fun, but I want to get to the big three. Um, Night 17 that following Monday, so we can watch it after football that night. Uh, Tenzan, Kojima, and Yoda Suji against Yuji Nagata, Manabu Nakanishi, and Yuya Yomura. Excuse me. 
David Finley and Ren Narita taking on Toa Hanare and Shota Umino. Takashi Azuka against Ayato uh, Yoshida. I'm excited. Uh, Liger, Tiger Mask, and Kushida and Taguchi taking on Osprey and Rapungi 3K. Then we get Trent Brett and Chucky T, the best friends against Killer Elite Squad. We get Evil Sonata and Bushi against Desperado, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, and Zack Sabre. We get Tanahashi, Makabe, Honma, and Juice against Okada, Yano, Yoshihashi, and Jay White. Goto defends the open weight against Taichi, and then your main event, no titles needed, Tetsuya Naito taking on Minoru's. <laughs> oh, my God. Carlton be Does Taichi, uh, does he get the strap? I think he does. I think he beats Goto. He, he steals it? Yeah. How um, cool. Has, then, has Chucky T been in New Japan before? Is this kind of an early run for him, or...? He did the tag tournament, I believe, last year, and then he kind of okay. did a couple stuff. He's in, uh, he's in chaos, so that's why they got him doing the brunt thing. Um, then on the twenty third, and this I'm going to say to you, I think is the most important tour. And before you call me crazy, because we just said Omega is wrestling uh, Tomohiro Ishii, and we got a Naito Suzuki main event. I'm going to break the show down for you. Uh, Yoda Suji against Yuya Yamura, Rapungi 3K against Shota Umino and Ren Narita, Liger and Tiger Mask against Desperado and Kanemaru, Makabe Honma, Taguchi, and Ayato Yoshida, now teaming with, with uh, uh, Taguchi Japan, taking on Tenzan, Kojima, Nagata, and Nakanishi. That's fun. Best friends against Killer Elite Squad. Juice, Finley, Hanare against White, Hashi, and Osprey. Naito, Evil, Sonata against Minoru Suzuki, Zack Sabre, and Taka. We get the first of two IWGP junior title semifinal matches because they're doing a four-man tournament to crown the new champ since Hiromu's out. Kushida taking on Bushi. But your main event, the greatest rivalry, I think, in the history of pro wrestling, Hiroshi Tanahashi, who said, the only way I have a chance mm-hmm. to beat is if I can reclaim my glory and defeat the man I haven't been able to beat for a few years, Kazuchika Okada. Tanahashi defends the briefcase to Wrestle Kingdom against Okada. I think this is the most important night of the whole tournament. I think this is going to be the match of the tournament, and I'm going to be willing to say at the end of the year that this might have a chance to be the match of the year for me because this is the match where... If Jay White is going to cost Okada to set up Jay White, Okada at the Dome, it's going to have the most impact because people are going to be so mad that you took an Okada-Tanahashi match away from him. So I think right there that immediately invokes so much emotion. But if you're going to finally have the ace, go ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi, get his win back against Okada, mm-hmm. Okada is going to work story. his ass off, make Tanahashi look good, and you know that. Mm-hmm. That's why this match is going to be so good. Um, and then lastly, what's New crazy Japan about fighting. it too, Ryan, is this is the closest of a Americanized type of uh, rematch where, you know, they just had a match, what, a, a few weeks ago, if that, and, and they're already having one, you know, a month from, from today. Uh, pretty damn cool. Um, and, and like you said, you know, the only way I can, you know, truly earn this championship shot is I have to beat one Kazuchika Okada and also who did he name uh, he had to beat as well? I, yes. White. 
So you could have white cost Okada. Set up so perfect. But they could go the other way. I mean, that's the brilliant of it, too. Um. Obviously, that, that the um, the September 30th is the Fighting Spirit Unleashed at the uh, uh, the Pyramid in Long Beach. Uh, we get the other IWGP Junior Title semifinal: Will Osprey against Marty Skrull. We get the Young Bucks defending the IWGP Tag Titles against Tamatanga Tonga Loa, the Girls of Destiny, and then Juice Robinson defending the U.S. Title against Cody. Those are the only announced matches. Some good uh, matches. Sumo Hall. Sumo Hall, October 8th, will be the finals of the junior tournament. Fun little shows coming up. I'm telling you, Tanahashi Okada, I think this has a chance to be as good as the Wrestling Nantaku match in May uh, earlier this year. I really do, man. I think it's going to be just freaking awesome. But I digress here. We're we're well into our own num- hour number two. We still got to talk New Japan or uh, WWE and NXT. But before we get to that, let's talk. This Joey Janellis lost yes. in New York, Alex. Um, shout out to our guy PCO. He was in the main event with Matt Riddle. Hell of a fun match, but let's just start from the beginning. Maxwell Jacob Friedman defeats Spider Nate Webb. Uh, they used Weedus, I think, was the band that was involved. Yeah. The, the pre-fight, <laughs> he's holding him as ransom. We saw an awesome spot with a moonsault, I think it was, from Nate Webb, where MJF kicked a chair into him. Mm-hmm. I mean, this match had all of it. MJF brings in a chair, bangs it on the ground, and then lays down a la Eddie Guerrero, but he forgot that the ref got bumped. So he has to stand up, stand up. So then Nate Webb does the same thing, and then he falls down. So then MJF, confused, he lays down. No, they're both laying there. The ref has no idea what's going on. They both look at each other and arguing. It was tremendous. It was such a fun little show. Such a fun little match. Uh, MJF gets the victory, the guy that should get the win. What do you think about this opening match? Oh, fun, fun way to start. Uh, I did not think Nate Webb, uh, you know, just he impressed me, but, but MJF and, and, and his character, I mean, this was just a, a fun match. And to be honest, it, the time I, I thought it was going to end about three minutes earlier than it did. Um, I, you know, like you said, with the one spot where he was going to get the pin during the Guerrero spot there, uh, you know, and, and then of course it went on a little longer with the interference from the weedest singer. Um, but uh, this was a, a great opener uh, and, and, and a good way to start getting lost in the show. <laughs> well, we got and then lost it gets that- crazier. Because then a guy that I look, I don't, I'm not a fan of. I don't, I don't see why everyone's so excited about him. He does this stupid ass thing like the War Raiders do, where they or the War Machine, whatever you want to call them, where they do like the the devil horns and then they like pump their. It looks stupid. It's it, whatever. KTB mm-hmm. Kyle the Beast he hails from the woods. Whatever. Takes on Marcos, who comes out of the out of the crowd, and what did they say? Um, in the most PG way, how old are you? And he said, I am old enough to F KTB's yeah. mother. <laughs> to which KTB was nonetheless pleased, brings him into the ring. And I don't know what to say. I'm watching this thing. And this dude looks like the first time you see RJ uh, Ray Myster- Sorry, I was reading a tweet that we just got. You see Ray Mysterio in 
in an ECW ring back in like 95 when you're going, what the hell is this guy doing? Um, it, we, well, we, you didn't even see it, uh, right, you know, kind of as we we're watching the show. I think you were with the kid or, or in the kitchen. But I'm watching. I'm laughing. I'm in awe thinking, is this real? This 14-year-old child is hurricane running this dude in a mask, hitting somersaults, hitting sentons, Death Valley drivers, what have you, where he is just going ham on this KTV um, and, and I was like, you were like, what did I miss? I was like, dude, you missed a lot. We're restarting this match. You wouldn't believe it if I told you. And then your draw, a gape was just like, what is happening? Like, seriously, guys, check this out. Fight TV, uh, Joey Janela lost in New York, uh, for all the great matches, especially the main event, um, or the co-main event with Joey Janela and, and, uh, Hakushi even though that's not his gimmick name yeah. anymore. But this KTV Open Challenge with Marco, who will be all in in that uh, the, the battle yeah. royal there. So I, I'm I, I totally going to mark out over Marco. Marco. Uh, this dude is doing, I mean, he's standing on KTV's shoulders and flying in the air with flips and hitting Hurricane Ronis. Apparently he's 22. So, like, he's way nice. older than we even knew about. Um, look, I, I got his I got his info. I, I think we might have to interview him. I think we need to have him on because I, I just – I'm thinking next week, Alex, is going to be a fun show, or maybe we just try to get some interviews, talk to some people, have some fun, save everything for when we have to – you know, if we sit there, cover 10 hours of WrestleCast, even though I'm going to get up because I want to go see that damn Pritchard roast. But um, – Maybe next week we'll just have a little fun show with some interviews and stuff. Get some, get some, uh, some indies on and just have some some interviews. But I tell you what, man, nice. this kid woke me up. I was jacked. I went three and a half stars on this match, by the way. I mean, it's, and this was you know it was sloppy at times, but the amazement of what I saw blew me away. I'm like, I've never seen half of this stuff. I haven't seen these many or, or this many Hurricane Rana's since like a 1996 Nitro. And it was just by one guy. <laughs> Super Colo. <laughs> and then, then all of a sudden, we hear yeah. very familiar music that we cannot hear on the WWE <laughs> Network. I'm like rubbing my eyes. I'm like, who's stealing the Sandman's gimmick? It ended up being the Sandman. Yeah, Stoke, Stokely Hathaway comes out with Wheeler, Utah, and he's running his mouth. And as you said, the Sandman comes out, and he's <laughs> pouring beer in everyone's mouth. And, and that, remember that woman, I said, he's going to go right into her her chest. And, boy, he poured that beer in her chest, and he went for it. He came the hell out of Stokely Hathaway. Wheeler, Utah, then steals his money, pays the Sandman, takes the other half and leaves, and that's your match. That was it. <laughs> Like, what just happened? But it was the so entrance. Cool. How cool was it to see that again in 2018? And and he looked good. He was having fun. The crowd obviously into it. We were into it. Um, but seriously, Santa Man, I the the bit of nostalgia kick that that I I received from that was was nothing short but phenomenal. 
Uh, it was good to see him, albeit for a second. God, one of the best entrances ever. Then we get um, Teddy Hart defeats Chris Dickinson. Uh, Chris Dickinson coming from Catch Point. Uh, I won three stars. It was a good match. A little overkill here and there. But I tell you what, Teddy Hart, some of the bumps he took on that apron were brutally disgusting. Um, I know I saw you crushing some notes on it. Teddy Hart took the bumps for him. Chris Dickinson yes. is the guy I don't think is ever going to make it to WWE. And I think it's a good thing because his character would never be able to do what he does on the indie scene. But Chris Dickinson's a good worker. And I'm glad yeah. that he got to shine against somebody who is known, whether be for good reasons, um, you know, some of his indie work and things like that, or the bad reasons like having tigers in cages and having launch pad <laughs> that's indie show because he was so drugged out. But Teddy Hart defeats Chris Dickinson. Really fun match. Nice, simple, basic match. Yes. And it had a few big bumps is what took the star level up to a three for me. The pile driver without using his arms through that middle rope oh. spot by Teddy Hart. Oh, Insane. The brain buster on the apron that Dickinson did to Hart. Insane. Like, Dickinson looks strong. You're, you're totally right. A great showcase for, for Chris Dickinson. Uh, a match, of course, you know, with, with Teddy Hart paying tribute to Jim D'Anville Neidhart, where he did state he missed the funeral to, to wrestle there tonight because, of course, Anvil would say, you know, the show must go on. So nice little tribute there in the beginning, but but some great moves. Yes, this was a fun match. Uh, I have not seen a Teddy Hart match in, in quite some time, so it was good to see him back, you know, just out there and, and delivering, like you said, a, a three, three-and-a-half star match. And Chris Dickinson, you know, hopefully I see more of him down the line. Um, we and we then get, get another surprise. First half what? main event, Nick Gage defending the GHC title is supposed to be against Haku. He couldn't. He didn't show up. Obviously, he was at the the gym, the Anvil Night Art funeral. But then Sabu shows up. <laughs> You're like, what the hell is going on? This is a weird dream match, is it not? As crazy as Nick effing Gage is. Again, <laughs> Sabu, how cool is this? You know, I um, I, I gotta say that you know it it. It is everything you'd expect it to be. I went two and three quarters, but I don't. I almost don't want more than that. You know what I mean? Like I don't want yeah. this to be a great match. And Nick Gage, he put over Sabu. Sabu looks real old, man. I'm not gonna lie. Hey, he but can it, still throw a chair and take a chair right back. I mean, and I don't know if that's something we want to see, but hey, he, he was. He looked like he was having fun doing that. Uh, yeah, just a lot of chair throwing in this match, but I, I was not <laughs> against that at all. But uh, that top row pile driver, though, through what backwards, by the way, uh, through that table door thingy, uh, was was nuts. Yeah, they were so. like, still doors. like they were using doors as tables. Yes, yes. No Japanese tables, though. Maybe, maybe they were. <laughs> But it was, it was, it was a really fun. It was a really fun match. It was everything that you ask it would asked it to be. Um, I, I don't the lights I don't know. going out and you see the silhouette. It was I couldn't believe it. It was almost as it was awesome. 
and, and like you said, it was it was it was Sabu. You know, it was like, hey, here comes Sabu. And I would have named twenty nine other wrestlers before I came to Sabu. I, I, I honestly didn't know he was still kind of around there, but it was, it was a treat to him, treat to and Sandman again, kind of being in that New York area, uh, you know, kind of uh, getting them the last minute, uh, but, but it was fun. Good, good for them. Again, a great nostalgic kick, something, you know, Joey Janela and, and them at GCW just, you know, they're, they're doing some, some pretty cool, cool stuff over there. It was, it was fun, man. It was, it was, Everything and we're not could've... done, and we're not done. Because <laughs> then we get this wicked ass inter- intermission, <laughs> where 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 they're like, I I don't even remember half of the half of the stuff we were getting was like, you know, you know, previous previous things from this and previous things for that, and I don't know, it was it was. <laughs> It was it was it blew my mind. It blew my mind some of the the old commercials we were getting to. Yes. But then we moved to the second half. It was a little bit of a long show, long match. I went two and a quarter on it. We saw Jimmy Lloyd defeat e- Eli Everfly, Gringo Loco, Tony Depp, and G Raver yeah. and Orange Cassidy. Um, I know you're a big Orange Cassidy cat. What do you think of this match? I uh, it was fun. I I did not mind it. Um, Orange Cassidy, you know when he, he was kind of into the match, it, it was fun. It, such a good character. Uh, can, you know, go at his own pace. Uh, Tony Deppin taking majority. I, I would say actually all of the big bumps in that matchup. So kudos to you. Good, sir. Uh, but uh, who was uh, the, the dude with the tongue? Was that Everfly? Uh, that yeah. guy could definitely move G Raver. Uh, definitely a, a knockout brawler there. Uh, so so a nice little mixture of a, a lot of uh, different styles in this match. Uh, you know, of course, again with the uh, with the comedy angle with Orange Cassidy, uh, but him doing some some pretty damn cool moves. That Phoenix Splash though, my God. Uh, but no, this you know it is what it was. It actually was a brass ring. I like the tongue in cheek to the. Uh, to the company, you know, just a little below them down in Connecticut there. Uh, you know, the, you could see the jokes. You could, hell, they even referenced them numerous times. So uh, kudos to that. And, of course, the VKM reference there. So uh, got to love that concept. <laughs> and and the fact of, of some of the bumps, G. Raver took that took – that, uh, what am I trying to say? The, the 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 brain buster on the top of the ladder. Oh yeah, that blew my mind here. Sorry, I'm 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 trying to tweet out a quick show link as somebody asked for the show link here. Um, one oh nine. I, I there's this weird Tobe tour thing that you can have. Uh, we we got some stuff Tony Tony Deppin and company. So I thought I'd tweet it out for him. Um, all Eagle Ethan Page takes on Penelope Ford. Sorry, we're, we're we're getting back on track here. I promise. We're, we're, this 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 is going a little long here, and I apologize. Uh, all Eth- All Eagle Ethan Page defeats Penelope Ford. Fun little match. Ethan Page looked good. I thought he looked really good. He did what he was supposed to. Penelope Ford did not look bad in the intergender match. By the way, what did you think no. of this? Uh, fun match. I mean, Penelope Ford uh, definitely fighting back. 
uh, you know, kind of towards the end. She, you know, was was putting in work there. Um, what did she take? Uh, what a, a few power bombs there? Oh my um, gosh! It, 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 like, uh, um, you know, and then the the STF there uh, was was pretty wicked to to end the match as she had to tap right away because even I cringed like, oh gosh, and then. Thankfully, the the uh, the ref <laughs> called for the bell, but uh, no, this this was a fun match. Uh, I I didn't know what to think about these intergender matches. Of course, during Mania weekend, um, you know, kind of watching that that package on Fight TV there. Yeah, the Beyond uh, Show. Yes, the be uh, wrestling Beyond Show. Um, some great stuff, and they're fun matches. Obviously, they're they're safe, but it, it's just I think a good spotlight. Uh, for these wrestlers and, and kind of show all that they can do. Um, and, and this was another great example of, uh, you know, hopefully something that becomes a little bit more mainstream. You know, I'm glad you brought that up too, because you watched the Beyond Wrestling Show and we saw, you know, Team Pog, Jordan Grace and Lufisto defeated the team of uh, Ortiz and Santana. Um, they were going by um, or. or Ortiz and um, I think Mike Drastic, it wasn't Santana, when they were EYF, EY, yeah, EYFBO, entertain your bleeping balls off, um, or you can call them LAX in, in, in Impact. Um, but that was a tremendous match. Matt Riddle, Deanna Peraza was a really fun match. Timothy Thatcher against Tony Storm was a really fun match. And this goes into why why I have some issues with some of the WWE stuff, and we'll get to that. Why, you know, you look you look back at the intergender when they used to do some of the most memorable Trish Stratus stuff was when she used to work people like William Regal and Bully Ray and things like that. You know, so. I'm glad that they they went out of their way and showed this match. It was a really fun match, and showed that they still have a place in intergender wrestling. You just you got to separate yourself from reality and, and what perception is, you know. And mm-hmm. and the perception in front of you is you're watching pro wrestling, so just enjoy it. Don't be mad. Don't 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 get all upset about it. Just enjoy pro wrestling. It doesn't matter who it is. If it's a great match, it's a great match. Ain't no one complaining when Minoru Suzuki beat the hell out of Asuka. Everyone's going, oh my god, he's brutal. Look at her fight back. And this is after Asuka comes out with a biker helmet and, and spews blood down her chest. Like, a, like, <laughs> like if she did that on Diary Television, she'd be fired, you know? So she must have been a fan of Gangrel. Yeah, she was doing that. Um, but anyway, back on track here. Jinzei Shinzaki, uh, Hakushi himself, I went three stars over Joey Janela. Really fun match. Joey Janela is becoming one hell of a hand. Yes. A guy who went to the death ma- deathmatch route is coming out of CZW now with Game Changer. Him, Nick Gage, and company are fixing Game Changer to be the premier when it when it comes. I think it was Janela had a had a match with Ciclope not too long ago in an abandoned mall for Game Changer Wrestling. Game Changer also is running the Nick Gage Invitational September eighth, the weekend after we're there with Mas- uh, Masashi Takeda and Asami Kodoka are both going to be on the show. I'm not a deathmatch head, but I tell you what, Takeda against Kodoka, I went five stars and is in my match of the year running. And I don't like deathmatches, so that tells you how good that was. Um, Joey Dinell is changing the game. The fact we get to see him at all in against Adam Page is remarkably awesome. I can't wait. Um, the the Yakuza guys Hopefully come out. Hopefully he doesn't, you know, get murdered by Adam Page. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, it doesn't help that Joey Dinell is fighting the Yakuza. 
So he might get murdered too. You know, you might have the ghost of famous dick wrestler Joey Ryan with the Akuza coming out at both of them. But uh, Jin Nation Zach, he gets the win. Fun match. Thoughts on that before we go to the main event? No, it, it, it was wonderful. It was good to see uh, Hakushi there, but Janela, you know, just putting not only himself, but, but Shinzaki, uh, you know, kind of over the moon there. Uh, but, no, this was great. That choke slam at the end from the uh, top rope, uh, pretty wicked uh, for the win. But the main events, my gosh, this was fun. <laughs> we got the chops. You start with chops. Fertilizing shots against someone who's not even human. It was, it was so dope. PCO. Would you go chat to chat with PCO at Starcast? Hell no, hell no. This dude's got a dude named Doctor Destro that hooks up a car battery to him that brings him back to life. He chokeslams the shit out of Matt Riddle. Excuse my language, and then he. On the WrestleMania 19 shooting star press, he overshoots Riddle on a moonsault who's halfway across the ring. PCO has, I mean, this dude's been wrestling like 30 years. It was perfect. And he overshoots a moonsault. How athletic is this dude? <laughs> like, hey, man, I'm, you know, look, don't quote me on this, PCO, if you're still listening. Don't beat my ass at StarCast. But this dude's, what, 50 years old? How old is he? Like, can you can you look that up for me? And forty-two this dude, years old. Is he only forty-two? Damn, I'm so no, sorry. I, no, that's not true. Because then he was twelve the first time I saw him. You lying ass. That's not, you're gonna get me in trouble here. <laughs> Alex over here being my uh, being my bad. Fifty team. years old. Fifty, 50 years, years old. Young, I, should say. I, I said fifty. That's what I thought. You mean to tell me this dude, fifty years old, two years older than Minoru Suzuki, one of the best wrestlers alive? This dude overshoots a half the ring moonsault on Mac Riddle. How athletic is this cat? Or is it just because he got shocked with a car battery? <laughs> like is Frankenstein? It's so amazing. And Matt Riddle is the most calm, cool, and collected wrestler I've seen. I am mm-hmm. so damn nervous for Matt Riddle. Kudos if you're listening. But I am so confused and 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 scared for Matt Riddle not going to New Japan and going to the E because what's going to happen when they move him and Keith Lee up after next year's WrestleMania? Like, it just scares me half to death because Matt Riddle is so good. And he goes in there and does what, you know, and I'll tell you this, I preferred the Walter PCO match over this one, but this match was still awesome. This is my match at O'Night. Mm-hmm. I mean, you said to yourself, they started with a chop when they started chopping the hell out of each other for like dragon. He's taking German suplexes. He's getting a bro to sleep. Like he's getting hit with everything and 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 taking everything back. And then of course the music plays. The That's you know so the funny. car battery, the cables. Of course the wicked choke slam into the the head. But like ah, it's bonkers. Like imagine this, Ryan PCO battling Minoru Suzuki. Oh, you know, in, in first campy as WWE is. Can't they fight forever? Isn't that a literal fight forever? Oh, with just, these yeah, just beat the hell out of each other back and forth. They'll just, just annihilate each other. It that is, chop look, fest you showed me on your computer that night oh, back in 05. Can, this, can, uh, chop fest between, against yes. uh, Kenta Kobashi from the uh, Noah. Uh, Destiny Tour 2005, which remember I found the DVD, ironically mm-hmm. from 2005. 
which has so that was what Jackie Kawada in the main event, which was tremendous. Four minutes of chops. I guarantee PCO and Minoru Suzuki would go what seven eight minutes. And they'd be screaming at each. Look, for as campy as people may say this is, that this dude comes to the ring with his own music, and and sparks a car battery jumper cable, and then puts it on the side of his head to revitalize PCO. This is the greatest shit I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what anybody says. It's yes. And this is the good campy. This is the good ha-ha-ha of pro wrestling that I've missed. When when Braun Strowman tips over a stage that they're doing a random talk show on, that's boring and stupid to me. Because I'm like, oh. That's a self. He's he's hiding under the stage, but his briefcase is miraculously put in a very safe place. That's stupid. (laughs) This dude gets shocked by a car battery, and he sits up like The Undertaker. Let's go. I'm all about that. Like, you know, WWE heads, you're listening. Um, like I said, John's going to come on next segment and talk some E with us, Alex. Um, Braun Strowman throwing the grappling hook on the top of the, the stage and tipping it over. That was tight. I'll take that. But some of this other stuff is just trash. This dude named Dr. Destro zapping PCO in the head, bringing him back after a bro to sleep is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. It oh, was, No, it, again, it's, like you said, it, it's the fun that we need, but it, it's it, the character in itself. Again, that's what it is. It's pro wrestling. He's a character, but you cannot deny the athleticism PCO displays uh, match after match against, you know, talent that, you know, were, you know, probably watching him when they were kids, you know, back uh, in the, in the WWF days. So it's, it's wonderful to see this. Um, And as far as Matt Riddle goes, I think this is a great opportunity for him, but also for his brand. He's going to be so over with that bro culture culture there He can be that ultimate tweeter. It's the Rob Van Dam of this modern era here. I think this will work out perfect, um, and and I think he will be a big success. Alex, I'm literally writing down another another potential for our new sounder for uh, All In, because that was a damn good hot take. By the way, uh, we're gonna have. I didn't uh, know this cat could wrestle. Like I remember, you know, Mister Daredevil you know, wasn't a huge fan. You're and, the you know, I didn't. Do you huh? know, it was, it was one of the things. It, not to cut you off, I apologize for cutting you off, yeah. but that was the one thing. Like I kept saying to you and Demetrius, I'm like Matt Riddle's really good, and you guys are like, ah, it's just some dude, and you hadn't had an opportunity to see him, but now you've seen yeah. him and you're bringing this up. And I, I, I think I said I didn't mean to cut you off on it, but I'm glad you recognize that, mm-hmm. like. Now that I've seen this cat, I'm like, holy cow. Honestly, he's I, I would put him in the top 10 work rate at the moment just because he has a developed character, a fan base. Hell, he's putting on shows where Minoru Suzuki's battling a random dude. Anyways, like he's just <laughs> doing some really insane stuff. But again, kid move in the ring. He has that MMA background, a legit MMA uh, win-loss record of him ass-kicking, um, and, and it's just fun. What he was doing to PCO, um, the strength this guy has is is just nothing but amazing. 
this is a Cesaro with a character, unfortunately. I love me some Cesaro, but this is where they can see a guy that shouldn't have the athletic, the, the strength and the, I guess, athleticism to do the crazy spots that he can do. Um, it, it's just something that's nothing short of amazing. And, and again, the money signs behind that character right now. I'm, I'm jacked. I'm jacked for it. I'm jacked for it. Um, I hope it goes well. I hope it goes well. You know, I was on, like I said, I was on John Blaine's show and I, I bitched about big demo having oh, a new God, outfit yeah. doing what they're doing. Oh. And it's the same thing that scares me about Keith Lee. So really, that's what they put him in. What blue is that, by the way? It's so stupid. Hi, my name is Killian Dane, or whatever the hell you want to call me. I am instantly one of the best ten wrestlers on your roster. Vince McMahon walks up to him. Great, here's a leotard. Like, what the hell are you doing, man? This guy is. I'm gonna get mad here. We're gonna we're we're gonna take a break. Um, shout out to all the love on Twitter, guys. We're getting blown up on Twitter. It's it's been fantastic tonight. Um, and especially getting blown up by PCO and everyone. We're on yeah. late night. Late, usually we're Mondays at six or Wednesdays at eleven. We're getting blown up. We're gonna get into hour number three. Shout out to Blog Talk hooking up that extra hour, as they usually tend to do. Um, but it just it blows my mind that. They have these these they go out of their way to sign the best talent in the world. I know the talent gets there and they act like they're the new kid in school and don't know what to do with them. The hell is the big demo? He's the guy we signed, sir. He's really good. Ah, put a shirt on him, he's fat. Oh. We'll name him War Machine. Um yeah. We already have the War Machine. You wanted to call him War Machine? The hell is a warrior? Well, Vince, it's it's what you wanted to call. Put a damn shirt on him and Chris Hero. <laughs> Make it a Sacramento King color because they suck. Like it's just some of this some of this just pisses me off. And I'm gonna get mad here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you right now, Alex will talk me off a ledge. John John's gonna come on, uh, shoot the breeze with us this segment. We're gonna we'll, we'll welcome him on him on talk uh, some WWE. Uh, have a fun little segment. I'll be excited for NXT. Alex, save me off the ledge for for WWE. John is is now your apprentice as the Alex Mello ten years ago. I can't wait to have this conversation. It's going to be tremendous. Um, Dave Meltzer would obviously call this right here minus five stars. One of greatness. PCO Matt Riddle, go out of your way. Watch it on the Fight Network. I'm excited. We're going to hit your break. Last time, coming back, NXT and SummerSlam don't go away. WrestleCast 87. Sick of doing those big leagues? Let's try doing one-day fantasy over at DraftKings.com. The guys over at DraftKings set up your boys up at Strong Style Media with their own promo code. Go on to DraftKings.com. Sign up today. Make your first deposit. Put in promo code STRONGSTYLE, and you'll get a bonus. It's that simple. Join in, play some games, have some fun. Week one's coming. August 2nd. Can't wait. Strong Style Media presents Sportscast Radio, the one that started it all. With your host, Ryan Cook, and me, Jordan Jiskra. We're going to be giving you everything, and I mean everything. 
everything from baseball, football, basketball, hockey, field hockey, soccer, bobsled, boxing, chef, survivor, and even that weird sport where they do the hurdles and jump puddles in track and field. All right, maybe not that one, but from the college to the pros and from the rings to the rink, we've got you covered. Sportscast Radio. Fan of pro wrestling like we are? Yeah! We got you covered. Yeah! From WWE, yeah! New Japan, yeah! Ring of Honor, yeah! Impact, Lucha yeah! Underground, yeah! All Japan, and yeah! more. We're talking yeah! the highs and lows in pro yeah! wrestling. Heck, yeah! we're even giving you people yeah! from the Okadas and Omega. We're even yeah! talking the Bone Soldiers yeah! and Enzo Amoris. No! Sorry, no! Daniel. We'll stick to guys like this. Ryan Cook here, and you can check me out along with my co-host Alex Mello each Monday night, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the Strong Style Media Network. Calling all fight fans worldwide. My name is Elijah McNeil, and I'm one half of the best boxing podcast on the net. The one and only Standing Account Radio. Do you like hard-hitting commentary, analysis, and banter? Tune in on Sundays at 10 p.m. with my co-host, Ryan the Technical Legend Cook, and I break it down. That's Standing Account Radio, 10 p.m. Sundays, Strong Style Media. Hey, Alex Mello here, host of The Pop Culturist on the Strong Style Media Network, inviting you to join myself alongside Half Pint's Kyle Adams as we discuss all the latest news and reviews in movies, music, and television. Check us out every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time here on blogtalkradio.com. Also, you can check out The Pop Culturist archives on Blog Talk Radio, search bar, Strong Style Media, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, Tune in and Google Play to hear all the eclectic offerings here at Strong Style Media. We are conglomerates. commercials that commercial three is new japan commercial two is uh, wwe pop culturists hey i've, I've seen me... like 20 movies by the way in like a week man, what plans you... been, by the way everybody check that out Look, right away you need to get your ass on the damn thing and do a show like you were going to on monday or the week before or the week before because <laughs> our network misses the pop culturists it's coming. I got. I'm a perfectionist. We're trying to figure it out. We're, we almost killed our relationship, but we're we're we're, we're figuring it out. We want to make it good. We want to make it not just pop culture. We want to make it about life. We want to make it about love and humanity and and all this craziness and maybe pro wrestling every once in a while. Get the lady perspective. We got to change. It. It's going to be all good. 
I'll, I'll take it uh, real quick before we welcome John on the line here. Um, he, he's waiting with us. He's been waiting patiently. I told him, I was like, yeah, it'll be like 12.15. We'll be on the third segment. Shit, it's 12.51. I apologize. We're going to grab him in a second. But how epic would this be, Alex? We're, okay, I'm, I'm going to set the scene. Ready, Alex? January 4th, 2019. I'm sitting next to you. Section mm-hmm. 113, row C, seats four and five. Myself oh. and you... We're in the Tokyo Dome. Kenny Omega, Hiroshi Tanahashi. And Tanahashi, um, you know, everyone's like, all right, you know, Hiroshi Tanahashi is going to wrestle Kenny Omega. He's going for the title. This is everything we wanted. You know, obviously, we wanted this because we're in Tokyo together, Alex. And Mm -hmm. um, just out of nowhere, this happens. Wait, wait, wait. They ruined it. They ruined this. They ruined this. Hold on. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. Here it comes. Here it comes. And all of a sudden, Tanahashi. Tanahashi now is coming out to high energy, and he's coming back to the old theme. Uh-oh. Oh, then he comes out. We're like, time's back. Let's go. Midlife crisis. Dad's gone. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, think, I apologize. I'm wasting too much time here. Let's grab the call. John, what is up, homie? What's going on, guys? John, John Blake, come with us. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, let our listeners know who you are, where you're at, what, what uh, what's going down, and Hell, let let them know how we know each other for all I care. Just just blab away for a minute. <laughs> I host a show <laughs> called Comeback Wrestling Show. <clears throat> you can hear it every Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio from usually we're on eight to ten, but tonight was a little bit different. Basically, we talk basically the same stuff you guys talk about. Just I usually stick more with the WWE stuff because as I found out tonight, I'm now at WWE Mark, which I've never heard <laughs> all that before. No, no, let's be fair. Let's be fair. You, I, I told you, I love the homerism you have for WWE. There's nothing bad with that. It's a good thing. It's something I wish I still had. My guy Alex here, he he was like, we could do a PSA, guys. We could do a PSA. This is Alex. He used to be a WWE show. And then we show him watching some trash-ass, like, you know, Tyson Tomko against Luther Reigns and things like that. And he's like, damn it, I wish this was better. And then we're like, this is Alex now. And he's watching Will Ospreay against Hiromu Takahashi. And then we can have, at the end of it, John walks up and asks for the first ticket. Because let me get up on this. <laughs> hey, I am still a Mark. I, I defend the E on a week to week basis, albeit it'd be hard. Sometimes to do that, but hey, at least now, well, I'm not even going to get into what happened in the last few days. It, it kind of angers me in, in some ways how people are being duped for being excited. Something that is so ridiculously, like, just obvious. It, it was just one of the most annoying things I've ever seen, but we'll talk about that next week. But I will say SummerSlam and, you know, SummerSlam weekend, but, but the show's leading into SummerSlam we're mediocre at best. 
I would say. Not the, not the SummerSlam event, but the shows leading in. I, I thought the segments, you know, of course, on Raw with, you know, the, the Heyman and, and Lesnar, you know, Heyman, of course, coming out. Of course, Rousey and Bliss, you know, still doing amazing things. It it, it just, to me, I, I don't know. Steph, Stephanie McMahon was, was cool, right? <laughs> I'll say this. Last week, I didn't even watch SmackDown, so I have nothing to say about it. But the 8-13 Raw... Sasha Banks, Ruby Ryan, I went three stars in the main event. That was one of the best matches on Raw all year. The rest of the show, um, does that say AOP and Migos on my list? That's how much I care. Oh, Titus Worldwide and Bobby Roode against AOP and Mojo, I went a star in a quarter. Beat Team against the Deleters and Revival, I went two. Finn Balor and Braun Strowman against Jinder Mahal and Kevin Owens, I went two. Baron Corbin over Tyler Breeze, I want a star and a half. And then Ember Moon over Bliss, I want two and a quarter. Look, it was what it was. It did its purpose. Check I think your the diary. Because yep. Banks and Riot have fought a, a few times this year already, and I'm going to say their average is, has been about three, three and a half, has it not? They've been one it's of the more not- consistent matches on TV. Look. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand here and I'll say this, and you know, and we'll, we'll grab our guest John's opinion on this right off the bat here. But if you want to look top down on this WWE, you know, roster, whatever you want to call it, Sasha Banks week in week out puts out the best matches this women's division is that that they have. John, where do you put Sasha Banks on this women's division? Probably the top of the list, if not. If not, I would think you would have to put somebody like Alexa Bliss up there. But I think with Sasha, the issue with her is they gave her that big push when she first came up, I think in 2015, if I'm not mistaken, when they had her and Charlotte and Becky Lynch come up. And then they had her and Charlotte, I feel like, forever. And really, after their last match at Roadblock, I think last year or the year before, they haven't really done much with her. And I thought this whole thing that they're doing now with her and Bailey is essentially what they ended up doing with Charlotte and Becky. And you you want to talk about a few that I don't understand what they're doing with. Look at you can look at those two. So realistically, I would put her up there, but I think the way WWE's booking her right now, she's not as one of the top people. Because if she was, she wouldn't be in this on-again, off-again relationship with Bailey, And then for some reason, and I don't know why they didn't do this, they've been focusing so much, you know, Bailey and Sasha versus Ryan Squad, and we never saw them at at, at uh, SummerSlam. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's, it's a little interesting with the way they did it. Um, you know, Alex, I, I want to ask your opinion, obviously, because you brought up how good it's been. What do you think the direction needs to be with Sasha right now? Because as we go into SummerSlam and we talk it, um, she's not I don't used. know. I thought she would have had a match against Bailey at SummerSlam, and, and this Boston hug <laughs> connection would have faltered. God, that this was company. the whole point of everything. The white feel as, aspect that they dropped at the drop of a dime. It, it was just ridiculous what, what they're doing. We're supposed to – we have been supposed to see this match, what – four times within the last eight months where it's been at least the most consistent, albeit silly with the, uh, with the friendship thing and the, them seeing the doctor and, you know, all that stuff where I, you know, went to Sioux Falls to go see these two live and nope, just videos. But anywho, 
It's <laughs> it's just been such a waste. And they're probably why waste it on evolution? I, I Sasha, you know, has been campaigning allegedly to face Trish Stratus. That's been her dream opponent. I get it, Alexa Bliss. She's the top of the game right now. But I think you reward Sasha Banks with that match. And she's just also, it seems like, getting screwed over in creative right now. Because how the hell is your best worker not going to be on your second biggest show of the year? It's just and, and damn you know, baffling. You mentioned that, you know, your best worker. They didn't even ask her. Like, Oscar didn't yeah. even stiff. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> like let's not forget Oscar's not on this show. Like, what the hell are you doing? Holly this... showed up randomly recently for the first time in a month. One of the most improved wrestlers on that roster. So that, that just blew me away. Like, I I sit there and look at Sasha and I go, I'm telling you, her and her and Charlotte's feud was so good because of how good mm-hmm. Sasha Charlotte even came out and said, I wish I was a better wrestler. And I wish I had another year in my belt so I could have had better matches with Sasha. So she admitted that the Sasha matches would have been better if she was a better performer. It is what it is. I'm not going to doubt it. But, you know, I I just figured bringing that up would be worth talking about. But let's – Alex, I'm going to give you the floor and let you decide where we're going to go here. We got two things to talk about before the show's over. That's why we grabbed John to come on here. Do you want to go SummerSlam or NXT first? Where do you want to go? Uh, that doesn't matter to me. I mean, I just I just went through two hours of, you know, talking about both of them, so I'm game for either one. Alex, what are you thinking? Where do you want to go, Alex? Ah, uh, let's go NXT. Sorry, I didn't know I was muted. I was trying to get to my NXT <laughs> notes. <laughs> It's not you were pissed as hell from having stuff you heard. That's why you, why you So can we all, all agree, gentlemen, uh, best NXT show of 2018? Yes. I'm with it. I'm with it. John, what do you think? Yeah, I totally. And, Ryan, we were talking about it last week that you weren't sure if you were going to, if you, if you thought this was going to become an underwhelming show because you were so hyped for it. And I think it, a, it set to its level. That's a good I point. Alex, I said that to you, not not to cut you off, John. Alex, I said that to you, too, even before we watched it. I said, look, man, I have so many high points for this match, or for this show, that I have a bad feeling this is going to bomb. And I'm glad it didn't, because this was a tremendous show. Mm -hmm. And even the weakest match, in your opinion, Ryan, I, I still applaud because they totally went a different route than what the audience expected, including you. And I applaud those two gentlemen that we'll get to, because I think they worked their asses off. Yes, albeit sloppy, but they went longer than A, I would have ever expected. And B, for, you know, for, for, you know, them to work and try to pull everything out in one match, which we'll get to. And, and to be fair, too, the, the one credit I did I did give that match is I said, look, I don't think it's going to be a good work rate match, but I, I will not hinder the ability of how hard they're going to work. And they did mm-hmm. that. They worked their ass off. Um, before we get into it, John, you were making a point. I completely cut you off like a douchebag. I apologize <laughs> for doing that. But, uh, no, thought... And then we're going to move on with the show here. Yeah, no. I thought it was overall. I thought it, it was a good. I thought it was a good takeover. I thought it lived up to the hype, 
And, and realistically, I'm not shocked at this point. It seems like whenever takeover happens in Brooklyn, they always raise the bar, not to, you know, steal a line from Seamus and Cesaro there. But <laughs> to me, to me, it's just they always – and I'm a huge fan of the main event. I've been a huge fan of this Ciampa-Gargano feud from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I think it's been booked perfectly. The match she had in New Orleans, the unsanctioned match, told a phenomenal story of somebody who was trying to get his job back, who was getting, in layman's terms, basically roadblocked by his former best friend. Then they had the street fight in Chicago. I mean, they tore the house down. These guys put on match after match, and I know you guys were talking earlier in the show about how you guys are going to have your award show, I think, next week. I'm hoping Chopper and Gargano get put into the discussion for Feud of the Year with oh, you yeah. guys. Because I think their feud has been the staple of NXT. And in realistic terms, in realistic terms it's the staple of WWE this year. Because I can't mm-hmm. think of a, a feud on the main roster that has equaled or has been better than their feud. I'll tell you right now off the bat, I'm looking at my uh, mid-season awards, and right now I have Gargano Ciampa sitting at third, but this is not a final thing. Um, I have them right in the neck with Jericho Naito, Cody, and Kenny Omega, and then obviously the proverbial Hiromu versus everyone. <laughs> As Hiromu's first half was that, so that damn the it. Alex Mello presents Hiromu versus everyone. <laughs> yes. But but Alex, to your defense, that dude was killing everything. He was hi, I'm Hiromu Takahashi, and I'm going to have the greatest match ever. Nice to meet you. Mm-hmm. So yes, he, he was in there. But no, you're right, John. It's it's literally Gargano Chapa has been. Incredible. But honestly, I, I don't know if, if, especially with the opening match, this extraordinary feud, I didn't know I, I would want to watch every week. Uh, you know, just uh, continued man. a great trilogy with a mustache mountain challenging to regain their NXT Tag Team Championship straps against the Undisputed Era. Of course, consisting of Mr. Charismatic, Kyle O'Reilly, Roddy. Roderick Strong. You know, I, I said this to you, Alex. I said, you know, not a lot of people realize, but Kyle O'Reilly has charisma for days. And people, a lot of people say Kyle O'Reilly's boring as hell. No. You look at the way that this dude's facial impressions are and the way he sells, and the way he works in the ring, but then also his, his walk and his demeanor with the title. This dude is money with a capital M. Throw that dollar sign, the two lines down, ka-ching. Kyle O'Reilly is the deal. And, and my thing, too, is it doesn't matter if it's Roderick Strong, if it's Bobby Fish, whatever you want to do with it. This trio is so good. That mm-hmm. this is the best thing going on WWE television half the time. You throw it's, mustache. It's a breath of fresh air to get this uh, breath or, or, or this sense of a faction again, a true yes. faction Thank in God this you company. You throw mustache. Look, and, and I said this: if you want to do a main event at Takeover Brooklyn, they should have did British Strong Style against Undisputed oh, Air. They should have used Kyle Riley. Yeah, I know. I, I'm not trying to Stop tease it. you. 
Before I drop this, uh, John, let me ask you a question. Are you are you familiar? Do you know who British Strong Style are? Yeah, that's uh, Tyler Bate, Pete Dawn, and Trent Seven. Yeah. They should have wrestled Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong, and Adam Cole at this takeover. How good would that have been, John? Yeah, I mean we we saw we saw what seven what Trent Seven and Tyler Bate did by themselves. You throw Pete Dunn yeah. in there. I mean, you have, you have a phenomenal match, but the point oh. I like with the match. Oh no, go ahead. No, I was just I'm moaning like I'm having an orgasm with how. Whoa! How... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm giving my one in there better, gentlemen. They just said they are bringing back the war games. Why don't these two teams, these trios, add one more to their team to make it a four-on-four, a perfect four-on-four? You get British strong style having Johnny Gargano. No, you you do Bates, Seven, Dunn, and Ricochet against Cole, O'Reilly, Strong. Give me a bottle of Jurgens and some tissue because I am jacked off for a (laughs) WWE Let's go. Let's go. I'm telling you, that is getting my blood pumping. John, John, uh, keep going with your point, though, about, about this match. Apologize once oh, no. again for our shenanigans. <laughs> no, no, I liked it. I thought it, I thought those two those two teams had great chemistry together. But what I liked mm-hmm. especially was the ending. After Undisputed Era won the match, and you saw War Raiders right behind them. Yeah. I've been saying it for a while on my show. I've written a few articles about this actually for WBLZ that I've always I've been a huge fan of War Raiders being next in line for the tag titles. I'm sorry, with what those guys did in New Japan and Ring of Honor, I'm sorry, you got to push these guys. Mm-hmm. And what the difference with them, as opposed to an understated era, is they look different. They're not like you know. They're not like they don't have the chiseled abs, you know. All that's they're big, tough, big men, and those and I think them as the tag champs. And I said this tonight on my show. You give them a raw. You realistically, you give War Raiders the titles either at War Games or you can wait till the Rumble next year. But then you give them a run, give them a nice run, where realistically. They, I wouldn't say give them, you know, to break the ascension because I don't think I don't think you need that because I think eventually they'll get called up. But I think you give them a nice run, especially so you can build up that tanking division a bit. I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you. We just we just added more bodies to the room. I'm just letting y'all know because he wanted to come listen. He might be chatting. Uh, Alex, your Starcast wet dream is in the building. The 450-day running Epic World Initiative Heavyweight Champion The Daredevil Derek Fury Is now in studio Yeah I... <laughs> Demetrius uh, John Blaine from WBLZ Media Is in here kicking it with us Alex is with us We're talking NXT um, John, this gentleman in the, in, in the studio That just joined us He has the hell out of Cole Cabana. He has beat the beat the hell out of Hernandez from TNA. This man is a legend. He is a god. He is an indie sensation. The only problem, Demetrius, 
is you haven't beaten the hell out of the man listening to our show right now that has retweeted us six times. PCO. Whoa, you're going to read PCO is PCO. coming for your ass. Dude, I would totally wear PCO. WrestleMania comes here. We're going to set up PCO versus the Daredevil Derek Fury. Oh, my God. Man, I lost my mind when he did that plancha joint. I was, I, I went crazy. <laughs> He's tight. Mind you, Demetrius has been a champion in North Dakota for like 16 months straight. He's rocking that Kazuchika Okada level, but he will get thrunced. In that match, can we do kind of an angle where all of a sudden they do kind of like uh, like twin magic where, where Dentris goes under the ring and then out comes Cheeseburger and then like he gets thrown out and then Jay Lethal comes out and then it's just like <laughs> rotating until they win. This like, is this more is than all twin magic. All this, this, is, this is more than twin magic. This is you saying Demetrius looks like Cheeseburger and Jay Lethal. Can you guys go back on with your show, please? Did you ever talk about... Um... Mustache Mountain against um Yes, uh we just left the Mustache Mountain Undisputed Era. Demetrius, the floor is yours. Talk to tag match. What is there to say about that? that was one of the best tag matches I've ever seen in my life. Dude, Tyler Bate could possibly be one of the best workers on the planet. And he's young. That dude is fantastic. He's amazing. Like and Kyle O'Reilly, I think I was hearing you when I was out in the living room or whatever, but that man's a star. They're yeah, Kyle O'Reilly, just he has it, dude. He is the man. I, honestly, this is my top three feud of the year with these two teams. I mean, this is they're so good. Five star matches. Their first match for me, the the crowd in the UK was just amazing that night. Them winning the, the titles. Then of course, you know the towel in match two, the emotion. Oh my with, god, you know, the seven, towel. You know, leg. Just, it, again, for me, five after five after five. And, again, them almost getting about 20 minutes into this. They teased the towel for a second, but, of course, didn't make it too big into a thing. But just wonderful to just to see these teams go at it. And, uh, again, I, I could see them every week and be fine with it. Alex, real quick, for Demetrius' sake, I'm going to do this because we need, we're supposed to do this twice a show. Uh, Demetrius? Buffalo Wild Wings and Hoffman Estates is proud to sponsor WrestleCast Radio. Tight. You're going to be at All In, Demetrius. Show your StarCast convention badge and get 15% off your food, your food purchase. Mm-hmm. Alex, I'm going to drop him the hard part at the end here. Weekly specials at the Hoffman Estates Buffalo Wild Wings are half-price traditional wings on Tuesdays. $1.49 kids meals and 99 cent chicken tenders on Wednesdays and 65 cent boneless wings on boneless Thursdays and Mondays. Chafing dishes. Did you say chafing? <laughs> chafing dishes. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. Literally, B Dubs officially has sponsored WrestleCast Radio, and at the end of their read, it says chafing dishes. So I have no idea what that means or why they said that. No, chafing dishes, for those that don't know, are those hot burners that come out of the ground in a buffet line where there's, like, two burners that come out and heat the, heat everything. That's what a chafing dish is. Oh. So they just randomly sent me chafing dishes. Weird. On a side note, though. Yes, sir. To, uh, yes, sir. Going back to Tyler Bates. Sunshine. When they had the whole, the UK tournament. Yes, sir. And he won the tournament. Am I the only one that was like, who is this dude? Like, he impressed me in no, the tournament, but I, I was like, who is this cat? Like, let me, let me say this. I can guarantee you Alex was a little confused 
Alex, I was very confused. Alex, are you a little confused when Tyler Bate won the UK tournament and won the title? Original, I was original confused because I was like, I think this child with the fake mustache is lost. <laughs> Going from that, John, John, I'm assuming you thought this was a different planet, being your WWE mark. You had no idea what was going on, correct? What, when Tyler Bate won the UK? Correct. No, I, I did it. I kind of have to agree with Alex. I thought he was sort of trying to find like, you know, his, his parents or something. John Blaine was like, this is not the WWF. I don't know what's going on. Get the hell away from me. Um, <laughs> this, kid, this kid comes in with the UK tournament, drops it to Dunn. Freaking Dunn is so man. good. But you know what's funny is after he dropped that UK title, that man has excelled. Oh, my God. Tyler Bate, he's so good. I didn't get it before, but now I get it. That's like Alex actually discovering the awesomeness that is Alex. <laughs> Baby. He's crafting. Yeah. I finally yep. get it. He's crafting his his style, you know, with, with the tag team that he, that he has with Seven at the moment. And and what's cool is he's learning all the different styles that are in the ring with him. So he's kind of you know getting three different areas where he can kind of pick and choose. And and he's working with such great talent where you know that that's just only going to help him for the, what, next 20 years in his career, God willing? Because, again, this guy's, what, 21 years old, 22, if that. So uh, this guy just impresses me each time. And so is he going to be a part of both UK, NXT, and regular, do we know? Or is that kind of up in the air since they're having more I hope he's on everything they're willing to give him to us on. Probably just NXT, yeah. Speaking of NXT and giving us on, Alex, what did you what? think? Velvet Dream defeats EC3. I went two. I went three and a half stars. Whoa, what did that's you think better than I yeah, thought already. It was better. <laughs> yeah, I, you're going holy hell. That that was a better rating than I thought. And I look, thought you were giving it a two and a half. Look. I'll be the first to admit the match was not good. It wasn't the greatest match, but um, exactly. They they busted their ass. They worked super yes. hard. They, they told a story. They were trying to one up each other because their egos wanted them to. I mean, it was again, like you said, they were trying. They were doing what? wrestling moves. Here's my problem. let me let me just say this. My problem is, and 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 I said this to you when you were over. The problem is. This was a match that should have just been done with a lot of side gimmicks and a lot of, you know, flash and, you know, pomp and circumstance. And they went for the wrestling route. And because they went the wrestling route, it wasn't as good as it would it could have been. But they still worked really hard, and they deserved their props. And that's why I went the route I went. I, I thought it was a nice match, and it was a fun little match. And I think they built the right stepping stone to maybe do something with Velveteen Dream to not promote him to the main roster, hopefully, because he should not be on the main roster yet. Agreed. And and, and it's such an unfortunate thing. And, and I, you said three years when we were watching it. I, I think maybe one more year, two years, because he is way young as well. But, I mean, John, do you think he could, you know, do you think he'll excel on the main roster, do you think he has that um, that aura that could make him the this generation's gold dust, if you will? If he's booked properly, that's the issue. 
because we see so many guys who come up from NXT who, okay, they're getting the big push, and then all of a sudden they come up to, you know, the main roster, they come to Roar SmackDown, and it's, oh, wait, who are you again? We're going to make you a joke. <laughs> and it's funny. I, I even go yeah. further. I would say he, I would also include the fact that he's this generation's version of Rick Root to an extent. Mm-hmm. He definitely Think channels channels Rick Root for sure. Yeah. Think about it. What, what other wrestler comes to the ring with a thing on his trunks that says, call me up, Vince? <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. I love And it's great. You know, he's, he's playing to the online. He's fueling the ire of the uh, internet wrestling community. I, I'm not gonna lie. When when he has when he has call me up Vince on his tights, I'm going, dear God, Vince, if you call him up, you're an idiot, because he has so much to learn. The Velveteen Dream needs another two years in development to learn. And he's another guy that's only like 23. Yep, and like, yeah, like you yeah. said, he's a guy that it would not hurt. The pace has to pick up a little in his matches. It's just a, a consistency of slow. You know, depending on the opponent. But if it's just like a Cassius Ono or an EC3, there's really not an exciting spot in in those matches. Alex, let me see elbow. this. Alex, let me see this too. There's a lot of times where we see him, and he's in the middle of his match, and he stops and gives the I don't know what's going on look. Yes. Yep. And that's why I don't want him to get brought up quick. You don't need to do that. He's still green. I mean, you can you can easily go ahead and speak up. You can easily see that, like when he's working, it's like he's thinking A to B to C. Like he's running through the motions. He's going through the motions. He goes, if I do this, yeah. we're going to move to this spot, and then we're going to move to this spot. It's not like who's a. He's not. He's not fluid. He's going. The second I throw him off the rope and hit his shoulder block, yeah, the next the, spot is going to be a drop down. You know who are the workers that you said do that? Christopher Daniels and Chris, Lance Storm. Lance Storm. Those yeah, Christopher Daniels and Lance Storm are the most perfect workers in the history of pro wrestling. Like you can see that they're you know they're thinking you know you got to go from A to B to C or whatever, but you know it's perfect. Velveteen Dream does that, but you can tell he's like kind of lost. Yeah, he's he, he's doing in the green aspect where mm-hmm. he's going, okay, um, I just jumped the shoulder block, I hit a shoulder block. Where do we go next? No, do I do a drop down or do I do a... Exactly. Like, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's literally what I'm saying. That's my only view of Velveteen Dream is he looks like he he doesn't know where the next spot is. And it's funny because, you know, we're not the best in the world, but being workers, being in a ring... We yeah, know, we, we've know, been... Yeah. We've worked we've 100 matches. Yeah, like we can see that it's... It's not like me and you wrestling each other where we just know where we're going. Yeah. To be fair, I'm not dogging Velveteen by, Velveteen by any any means. He's fantastic. But when you watch him you know, working Alistair Black and guys like that, and Cassius Ono, as Alex mentioned, he looks a little lost at times. Mm-hmm. And you need to correct that. And I'm extremely scared that Vince is going to hot shot into the main roster without fixing that. And I really don't want that to happen. And that's what I'm scared of. Do you think the ceiling was a little too early? Like, he hit his ceiling with the Aleister Black, like, so much hype from that. And then, of course, you had the Cassius Ono. Then you had the ladder match. You know, and, and of course, the character, you know, gaining momentum over those months. 
But again, and people always, in my opinion, and or, or maybe it's just us, me, like that was just such a boom, welcome to the oh. show. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's just been kind of up and down, up and down. No, I think it's a lot of he's in the perfect spot where he's being put in a program with guys that can lead him and guide him to better matches. Look what he did with Ricochet the Chicago weekend. Yeah, that was awesome, too. It's it's he's in the point where if he has the leadership and guidance, he's going to have a tremendous match. It's just a matter of don't lead him astray and don't lead him in a point where he can't guide things. Demetrius, you got a point. No, I was just going to say, Velveteen Dream is a lot like me. Like, if you put me in there with somebody that's a ring general that can tell me where to go and it's easy, I'll have a fantastic match every night. But if you ask me to, like, lead the match... It'll be good, but it's not going to be great. You know, he's he's kind of like how Shawn Michaels was back in the day. He's a good. I think he's a good listener at this point, like right now. Yeah, instead of leader. Yeah, yeah. instead of leader match. John, John, what do you That's think about this? Great. What, John, what do you think about the whole Velveteen Dream? The way we're we're breaking it down. I agree with you. Like, I think. I mean, people forget that he came from tough enough. P- people like you know mm-hmm. seem to forget that part. I think MCW Tag Champs with Leo Rush. Leo Rush, yep. Rush is my food. But, no, I mean, I agree with you guys. I think at this point, for him to get called up would be a little too soon. But, realistically, I mean, the, the issues I know we'll get into a little bit is you still have a heel as your main champion. So if you want to have Dream, you know, become like a main event person, then you can't have him go for the belt right now. However, and I'm going to throw this to you guys, could you see him possibly, because of the fact oh. him and Ricochet, I mean, do have, they do have some sort of, you know, they work well together. Could you see possibly, I don't know if they do it at War Games or sometime next year, kind of rekindle that rivalry? And have him go for that belt. What do you think, Alex? Sorry, I was uh, just coming back from the latrine. Oh. <laughs> I, <laughs> my thoughts on that is, you could do that because I mean, who's going to beat Ricochet right now? If I mean, he's North American. Uh, well, did we talk about that already? We're kind of talking. About I, like we kind of bouncing all over the place. They were bouncing over Japan. Okay. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Thanks, Bladder. Man. I say it, but I feel like he'll be brought up before they even revisit that. It's going to happen. But thank God Ricochet hasn't been brought up like they were talking about and putting him on 205 Live. Because that dude, he is not a cruiserweight. Like, he's a cruiserweight, but he has more talent and he has a lot more stars like, than to be just a 205 Live guy. Just like I think if you watch like all the stuff that Leo Rush puts out, that man's a star too. The only thing that hurts him is he's tiny. Like he's tweet. Yeah, Leo Rush is Leo. That man can work though. And he can cut a promo. But I don't know. I see Velveteen getting brought up before he even goes into like a second program with Ricochet or anything like that. John, what do you think? Should should Velveteen Velveteen? Velveteen Velveteen, <laughs> Velveteen. Should he look like, I, I, I said this to Alex and Alex can attest to this. I think Velveteen Dream should stay in the development for like four years. 
and really grit his teeth and learn and become better and walk out of the development as one of the best guys in the world. What do you think about Velveteen? What would you do with him? Uh, it's tough. It's, he definitely needs to stay in NXT longer because, you know, he definitely needs a bit more fixing, but we all know how Vince McMahon works. Once Vince McMahon sees that, you know, he can bring money, he'll get called up. I mean, I forgot who it was who got called up last year. Was it, I think it was last year around WrestleMania. Oh, um, Ruby Riot was the same thing. Ruby Riot wasn't in NXT that long. And she got called up to the main roster so fast. Yeah, she's kind of honed her craft a bit in the, in the you know, last year or so, or last couple of months. But she's somebody else who I think should have stayed in NXT a bit longer. Mm. Alex, what do you think? Uh, on the Ruby Riot, I, 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 no, I, I think if Dream goes to the roster, I, I, I just don't think it's it's the right time. I, I think we're all in agreement with that. But if he does go up, I, I think if you put him with the right people, I think a good feud. Whenever he does come back, I think it would be with John Cena. I think they would play off really well with each other, albeit, you know, everyone, you know, poo-poos on, on Cena's in-ring work. But I think those two could have a pretty damn good match, um, you know, along the, that sense. If they want to really put him over, you know, um, that could be a feud, you know, w- within his first year. But, you know, like I said, as long as they don't make him a Fandango, I think it's, he has a more uh, charisma, <laughs> more character um, you know, I, where, where I think he could be uh, someone that could be your mid-card heel for a while and then, you know, eventually move to that main, uh, main event status. Alex, moving on. Oh, go ahead, John. Go, go ahead. No, all I was just going to say is, and then basically, I mean, it, you see, he, he's in a tough spot, though, though, Team Dream. Because if you call him up now, then he's not going to be in your main event scene for a while. I think you let him hone his craft in NXT, possibly give him a run with the NXT title somewhere down the road, and then would be, you know, when I would call him up. The nice thing is he doesn't even need a title. And that's, you know, he'll definitely get a North American title, uh, you know, I would say probably relatively soon. <laughs> so let's, let's look let's look at this. We obviously talked Ricochet Cole, we talked the we talked the uh the Dream E C three, we talked the Undisputed Era Mustache Mountain. Let's move into the women's title, knock this out. Kyrie Sane defeats Shayna Baszler. One of the best matches of the year mm-hmm. in this company. This match was tremendous. Alex, I'm going to go to you. Thoughts on Shayna Baszler, Kyrie Sane? Oh, my gosh. Uh, outstanding, remarkable Kyrie Sane uh, finally getting the, uh, you know, she's 2-0 against Shayna Baszler, uh, you know, kind of, you know, intensifying that little feud there. 
Um, well, no, I, uh, Granted, Baszler lost to uh, Actually made her submit a, a few months back I apologize, but still You know, within where it counts Whether it's a tournament, you know, final Or, or for the Women's NXT Championship uh, You know, Kyrie Sane Definitely has her number where it counts And uh, Baszler just, my gosh from, from the submissions To the I don't know the, the suplexes, just the beatdowns that she gave Kyrie Sane, uh, and and I couldn't imagine her limping, let alone climbing the top rope to deliver that elbow. It, it was just so uh, amazing, um, and and just solid action with these two. I cannot wait to see you know th- these two battle again. Um, in any circumstance, but no, this was definitely one of the better uh, women's matches of the year. Oh, excuse me. All right, that's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. Good match. Let's move on to the big draw. Tommaso Ciampa against Johnny Gargano. I have mixed feelings about this match. So, being I have mixed feelings about it, let me ask the panel what they thought. Uh, John, you're the sacrificial lamb. What did you th- <laughs> Look, I'm sorry. I, I, I have bitter-ass thoughts about this match. And I'm going to deliver bitter-ass thoughts. So, unfortunately, John, you're the sacrificial lamb. What did you think of this match at TakeOver? The Gargano-Chompa match we're talking about now, right? Correct. Correct, which I have bitter-ass thoughts about. <laughs> I mean, I, I said it before, and I'll say it again. I thought these two guys, yeah, was it? It's tough because once you had, you know, the street fight in Chicago, I don't know how they were going to really top that. And I thought they topped I thought they did, for the show itself, I thought they did a good job. I noticed a lot of the moments in the match, they kind of relived old moments throughout their, you know, their rivalry. And I think realistically, and I said it before, these they are the quintessential main event right now, those two guys. You can I don't you can put anybody else in there, but to me when you talk about the main event about drawing money, it's gotta be those two. And then just a quick thought on the Shana Baszler thing for a second. I'm not shocked because, and Ryan, we, we talked about this on my show, they're supposed to be calling Shayna Baszler up soon. So the fact that they're having her drop the title doesn't surprise me. I'm just curious to see where they go being that Kyrie Sane is a face. That's my only thing. I'm curious to see where they go heading into war games. Does Baszler get called up pretty soon, do we think? I think so, especially if the rumor is true that they're going to do that four horsewomen WWE versus MMA at Survivor Series. You would think. No, let me let me cut you off here and in a worse in a in a bad way. And John, you know exactly where I'm going with this because I cut you off on your own show for this, Alex. They're talking about doing a Survivor Series versus Survivor Series four way for horsewomen. Without even trying to make this work, Alex, can you tell me why this is a failed attempt? Uh, 
too soon. Um, I don't know why it would be such a failed attempt, to be honest. Um, I, I guess it depends on who you have as your four horsewomen, as long as it's Charlotte, Becky, Sasha, and um, and Bailey. So, uh, so, so how do you have how do you have Charlotte and Becky work on the same team after what just happened? Exactly. How do you have that, uh, Sasha and Bailey still have their thing going? A shit show we have going on here. Well, how would you have Ronda on that team too, with her just winning the title? Because Ronda's gonna have Marina Schaefer, Justine Duke, and Shayna Baszler. No, I'm saying, why would you not have her defend the title though? Because the WWE is that dumb that they did not realize of what they're hey, putting. I will say her. this, Becky. I don't think. I don't think what she did was wrong. That's all I'm going to say. No, elaborate. Elaborate, man. The floor is yours. I don't think it's as heelish as people are trying to say. I think she was just venting her frustrations. Friends and family fight. It doesn't make you evil or hate that person. You're mad at them for what they did to cost you or do something to you. So I don't necessarily think it should be conceived as a heel. It's just frustrations against a friend. We'll see what she does on SmackDown. Plus, she was getting mad pops. Steve <laughs> Austin pops. Supposedly. Yeah. According to Yeah, say it, Douglas. According to Meltzer, he, she was getting uh, Steve Austin pops. Now, everybody that knows me knows I love Becky Lynch. That's my wife. I love that woman. Her whole spec to fail. But, <laughs> yeah, I... Whoa. Calm down, Alex. We got this. No, but uh, it doesn't make any sense. They, I don't know. The E's booking themselves into a corner again. It's frustrating, man. It's, it's, it's They're going to do the fun. Bailey and Sasha and kiss and make up. But I'm bummed. Let's, uh, let's move to the semi-main in case Blog Talk is going to kick us. Well, let's talk about it. Uh, Kyrie Sane defeats Shayna Baszler. Maybe Alex, talked about that. You, about that. We, but but we never really talked about it. Talk about yeah, that's it. True. Alex had said to me that, you know, hey Ryan, where does this rank on your women's matches? Alex, ah. I'm gonna tell you flat out, this might be my number one women's match in NXT history. Really? This match was incredible. Sasha I watched. I went back and rewatched Sasha Char- or Sasha and Bailey from Takeover One. Mm-hmm. This match was better than that match. What about from Brooklyn? Yeah, Takeover One being uh, Brooklyn. Yep. Yeah. This might this this might be my favorite match I... in the women's oh. roster. Alex, what do you think? It's uh, I I I love that match. I I love the the Iron Woman match as well between those two. I like the four way that they had on NXT uh, with Charlotte Bailey. Uh, Lynch and, and of course Sasha Banks there um, but but this was just wonderful to watch I mean I, I again I'm a fan of, of Piper Nevin um, and and Tony Storm yeah. at the Mae Young Classic yeah. last year hell almost any Tony Storm match last year it, it was just great um, so that's that, that's kind of tough it's definitely up there uh, in NXT women's history 
Um, but but those two that that night, Shayna Baszler, best heel in the business, I would say. Um, or, or definitely has to be in talks in there because she is what she talks. I saw her cut a promo in Florida at a house show. Just c- comes out and cuts a promo on on Vanessa Bourne and and uh, and Dakota Kai because she just broke her arm. She just calls her out as she's at the autograph table. Insane. So that right there was like she's a star. She gets it. She loves it. Book it. Let's be honest, Tommaso Ciampa is the best heel in the business right now. But, um, Alex, John, can you guys uh, either, you know, your opinions on this. After watching that match with Baszler, Kyrie Sane is light years over Asuka. Kyrie Sane is better than Asuka. Like, yes. To me, the, uh, hands down, she's... Lay it down, Alex. Better. Lay it down, Alex. Huh? Yeah, I... No, go ahead. Nope, go ahead, John. I don't know. I was just going to say, I agree, though, that she's light years ahead because, and, and, and I feel like I see this constantly when it comes to Asuka, it's because Kyrie Sane is getting booked better. The booking of, of her is so much better than Asuka mm-hmm. because you look at somebody like Asuka, she was getting booked in NXT as being like almost... Oh, I'm trying to kind of phrase it right way. Almost like a destroyer, so to speak. That's the best way to put it. And yeah. got sorry, by the way, that you're hearing two dogs bark. I have two little dogs that are barking right now, so I got two dogs. One for the pretty one for the low. <laughs> but, no, what I was just trying to say, though, with Asuka, if she gets booked to be this killer monster, so to speak, at NXT, and she comes to the main roster, and, yeah, she gets booked pretty good in the beginning, and then all of a sudden, come WrestleMania, she loses to Charlotte, okay, fine. Then I think at that point, you, you, you have her lose her first match at Mania, you turn her heel, have her go nuts. Then they will have her, have her lose to Carmella, and I think at that point, was when she really became irrelevant. And I recently had a piece that, that I wrote for WBLZ, and that's basically what I talked about. I said, she's basically been irrelevant, Asuka, since WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, but even, like, even Kyrie Sane's, like, body of work, if you watch that match, like, if you really analyze that match with uh, Baszler, the way she sells, and goes from, you know, the next point to the next point, Kyrie Sane is always there. And I'm confused that she has better English than Asuka does. Like, <laughs> no, Kyrie Sane is the deal. Like, like, she is... And now they got Io, too? Yeah, they got Io Shirai! Io Shirai, the best... Dude, dude they got Io Shirai! And that's one of the things for everybody with the Mayan Classic car was like, well, I don't understand what's in the Mayan Classic. <laughs> Mother effer. Screw it. Motherfucker, you have Io Shirai. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying it right now, Io Shirai is in the Mayon Classic. Deal with it. Be excited. But I'm sorry, Alex. Uh, I hey, know you're man. Huge, I know you're a huge fan of Asuka. What are your thoughts? Like, I, you know, I don't want us to like have a brotherly hug and you just randomly stab me because you're an Asuka fan. But thoughts on that? I 
I think that uh, Kyrie Sane's better than Oscar. I I I love Oscar. I I think what she's been doing on the main roster, given what she's been given, uh, she's still you know she's she's Oscar. Yes, she's not that intimidation force. I think losing to Charlotte right away was a little uh, kind of a head scratcher, especially with all the events afterwards. Meaning you know mm-hmm. that that meant nothing. Like Taker losing at thirty, just you know all of it, really you know just it was for naught. So you know with, with that, it's. I still enjoy her character. I, I think, you know, she just, they got to find something for her. This is legit creative, has nothing for her. I think you move her to SmackDown, you draft everybody up, your Kyrie saying your Io Shirai's, and, and maybe you build them as a stable, or maybe you just have them battle each other. I think it's just something that will get people, you know, a, a new era of women's wrestling in the E once they get all onto the same, you know, kind of uh, same spot there. That's what I'm excited for, I would say. Get it, interesting. So, Ryan, I mean, say your, uh, your quick take on your uh, on the main event on Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, so, last man standing. Let me, let me see this. Um, I think Gargano Chomp was a really fun main event, but God, people are going to be mad at me for it. But I just I didn't like the main event. I I didn't like. I get the whole, hey, he need him, and he stumbled into landing on his own feet, and then the customer rolls him up, and it's a three count victory. I just I don't see the whole main event aspect of being a victory. I think it's also kind of weak that the customer got to win with that knee drive, even though the main event being Johnny Gargano got beat. I just, it, it bothered me. And I'm not going to lie about it. It was, it was frustrating. I like the fact that the handcuffs actually kept Ciampa up when he rolled off the stage. If he didn't have the handcuffs, he would have been on the ground. So that was awesome. That was pretty sweet. That was really good foreshadowing. Yeah, that was, that was good, a great uh, spot. All that. that was totally awesome. right. Um, the match was good, but after taking the uh, what does he call it the the fairy tale ending or whatever on the stairs, Gargano got up from that. But then he, I I can see your point. You know, he does the whole knee the knee gimmick, tries to end him, and it was kind of like the Tetsuya Naito thing though. He points to the sky. He went to the try to do the knee thing, and he messed up. Um, I don't know. Gargano took a lot, but if you dislocate your knee, I guess you can't get up. I guess. I mean, that's very ah. true. <laughs> I, no, that's that's very true. I I enjoyed the match. I, I I'm loving what these two are doing. I think it needs to be a halt. I was looking forward to the triple threat match, the Aleister Black, hopefully getting a little <laughs> bit of redemption from his title run, but. You know, it it is what it was. I, I, I love the finish again, you know, just I, I thought Gargano's leg really was uh after hitting those those boxes, those cases and whatnot, uh I, I thought it was legit, you know, kinda broken in half. But fun match, fun main event, hell of a takeover, I would say best of the year. But let's get to the craziest, wildest ride of the summer. Uh the twenty match epic 
seven-hour uh, show that was SummerSlam. I think there was a pre-show. We watched it, but did it really happen? Uh, we'll do a quick rundown. Andrade Cienamas and Zelina Vega battling Rusev Day and Rusev and Lana. Um, I had a little bit of fun. I, I stepped outside for a moment during this match, and when I saw who won, I said, let me guess, if Vega uh, pinned Lana, and I was greeted with a yes, and I said, all right, two stars. Ryan, what did you think? I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm indifferent because it was, it was so good with the aspect of what they brought to the table. Mm-hmm. But then there was also that aspect of like, it's, it's, you, you, you know, when you get this with the, with the EC3 against all the team dream match where it's like, now we're just pushing the other things to push together. And it it, yes. it scares me. I'm not gonna lie. It's it scares me. But for the most part, Takeover was a great show, and people need to watch that show. <laughs> what uh, what did you think as we moved to SummerSlam? That's what we're on to SummerSlam. Sorry. I had left the spectrum. That's why I brought Demetrius in here. You are he's, on a different he, planet. He's not helping me here, Alex. I am helping. He's supposed to help me. He's like, hey, you talk. <laughs> I'm like, I need you to tell me what I'm talking about. What? You didn't tell me that. Well, I'm the one who's who's going through these hellish, hellacious days. I mean, I get it when you're going through the uh, Grimlock system. <laughs> you know, and... and, and it's kind of hard when Ahmed Johnson is telling you Wonton Beef. Ahmed Johnson, Ahmed yeah. Johnson's coming to this beat. He's like Wonton Beef. Ahmed Johnson's like, boom, boom, boom. He's in a room. Most of Most of superstars. Okay, I'm sorry, Alex. What was the question of? Uh, Cedric Alexander defending the WWE Cruiserweight Championship against Drew Gulak. Alexander retaining. What did you guys think of this in two words or less? Go, John. Didn't see it. Um, they had a match. Damn. Oh, you had more Ryan, Lord of mercy. Jugulak. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. No one is the winner. B team facing the oh, revival. Jugulak. What would think? The Revival would win the straps, especially on the pre-show, uh, but of course that did not happen. Uh, unfortunately, Ryan uh, buries his head in his hands since the Revival, uh, the best tag team in all the planet, um, uh, continue their losing streak against the best team. Uh, th- they're here to How stay, do you right, guys? That- I mean... like, how do, you, how do you make this continuously happen? That you take like when they win, bet. will it even mean anything? Even that's my question. What do you yeah, think, John? Prob- what, I mean, with the booking of the revival, like, it, does it baffle you as much as it does us here at WrestleCast? Yeah. Yes, because it's like, what the hell are you doing? I'm trying to answer. Oh. Yeah, I. It, it, it's the way they've been booking them. It's. It, <laughs> I feel like I'm about to go, Ryan. I feel like I'm about to go back into that rant again that I told you about a couple of hours ago. <laughs> where and because I went into a rant on my show 
that I said, if you're any of the tag teams now in NXT, like Undisputed Era, like Mustache Mountain, and you're seeing what they're doing to teams like AOP and the Revival on the main roster, you're turning around to yourself and you're like, why the hell do I want to go there when I know I'm going to get booked like crap? So I'm kind of shocked in the sense of you have a team in the Revival who is a two-time NXT champion who then all of a sudden turned around comes to the main roster and half the time you're like, oh, they're still in WWE. I think they would have gotten released already. Just by the way they've been booked. I'm not going to worry about the fact that they're two very good workers in the ring because they, they definitely are. But the way they're getting booked, they've almost become an afterthought at this point. Sorry. Sorry. Demetrius beat my ass on the air. He is getting mad. It it is a shame uh, about the revival, but but like I said, I I don't know what you can do to repair the team. The curse of the NXT continues. Remember, AOP was awesome, and then they're just nothing. But I digress. The main card, uh, what do they have? Them trust like 17 matches, but of course they start with the Intercontinental Championship. The champion, uh, hashtag heel Dolph Ziggler, alongside Drew McIntyre, battles Seth Rollins. And, of course, the we didn't mention last segment or earlier on, I should say, the returning Dean Ambrose uh, coming into the corner of Seth Rollins. I would say a pretty damn good way to start off SummerSlam. Two great workers. A, a really good match. I, I thought they told a really good story. They were given... It's a great time. Um, Seth Rollins, though, you know, kind of getting the win after the melee uh, within the uh, the two other gentlemen on the outside there. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's good to see the, the curb stomp yet again. Um, and, and, you know, another intercontinental title reign for Seth Rollins. Uh, what do we think of this match here, John? I thought, I thought it was a good opener for the show. I really thought it did. The one spot I liked in the match was uh, when Rollins did the uh, reverse suplex onto Ziggler. It let, looked yes. good. And then, I don't know what you want to call the movie went into with that. Because I know usually when he does the suplex with the top rope, he usually leads that into the falcon arrow. But almost like, not a falcon arrow, but almost like an inverted falcon arrow, if that makes any sense. I thought that move really showed how... I mean, you also remember, you have two guys in Rollins and Ziggler who are probably two of the best in-ring workers as far as singles go yes. in the WWE. And I have enjoyed this match. feud quite a bit, just oh, due yeah, to no, the wrestling it's, aspect. It's been a great feud. I'm not saying it hasn't. But you have, two, you have a guy in Ziggler who's been known that he can sell pretty much anything phenomenally... And you, put, you give him that move. You give him that move, and he sold it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Most people are not going to be able to sell a move like that, and but sell it that it looks legitimate. Yes. Oh yeah. And, and I thought they had. Yeah, I thought the beginning part of the match was a little slow, but as it started, as they started to almost get into the groove of it, I thought they really, really started to pick it up, and it really became. Unfortunately, one of the best matches of the night, and it was the first match on the card. Yes, yes. Uh, again, Demtris, 
uh, over under, I did take counts in this match because uh, we, we kind of talked about it last week. Demetrius, over under 14 super kicks combined in this match. But what's your prediction? 14, uh, 14 super kicks? Uh, I'm going to go over. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. You are correct. 78 super kicks between uh, these two in this match. Uh, but a, a great opener here. Of course, we get the Bella Twins because that's still a thing for some reason. And then we get the SmackDown Tag Team Championship, the Bludgeon Brothers retaining the belt after a disqualification. Yes, against a New Day. Uh, no, Because no one wants to celebrate a New Day Tag Team Championship in Brooklyn, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Anywho, Bludgeon really. Brothers retaining the titles because they hit their Thor-like rubber hammers. It is what it is. It was a great SmackDown match. match. We move on. The Money in the Bank squash match. I mean, uh, contract match. Uh, Kevin Owens battling Braun Strowman. I guess maybe battling isn't the right words. John, was this squash necessary for Strowman? Or do you think Owens should have had a chance to, to not only contend, but possibly win that contract? I mean, he should have been able to at least done something. I mean... I was watching that match, and I think I think I counted. Showman had one offensive move. Move. He had the super kick outside of the ring that Strowman basically sold it off like he squashed a bug or something. Yeah. And no, I think this match really. I'm not saying this match. Yeah, I mean, we all knew Strowman was going to come out of this winning it. I just didn't think it was going to become a 30-second match. Uh-huh. I think I thought this would have at least gone at least five minutes, you know. Yeah. Have Owens get some a... hope spots here and there, but I, this match was a bit of a shocker to me in the sense of you had you basically had Strowman destroy Owens. I mean, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Owens is not a small guy, and when you have Strowman who's coming around the ring at full speed and he does that shoulder tackle thing. And Owens goes up in the air and basically flips over. I'm sorry. How, how does that make Owens look good at all? Yeah. Yeah. I I I hope he's not not in the doghouse because I don't know why he's being put in this position. Uh, we can only hope uh, stuff for KO uh, gets you know for the for the better. And, and speaking of that, Demetrius, what's in store for Kevin Owens now? What do you predict? Uh, for him for the rest of the year. You know what? Here's my thing. I feel like it's going to be kind of, I think it's going to be like a small, like slow burn. Even though, you know, we all know that Balor was the first initial universal champion, but Kevin Owens was the first guy that had that title and actually had to run with it. I feel like, you know, that's, he's one of Triple H's guys. And with, you know, Triple H taking over and having more say in what's going on in shows I feel like there's something for Owens. I just don't know when it's going to happen. I mean, call me crazy, but I feel the dude has everything. I mean, I don't know if you guys watch like or follow his social media or anything like that, his Twitter, his Instagram, anything like that. But the man was running around with the camera basically just like, oh, yeah, I don't like people, whatever. And he's just doing his thing. You know, he's getting himself over. But, you know, like John was saying with that shoulder block and he did that flip bump, that was him. He's making himself look good. Like, I can do everything that, you know, even your cruiserweights mm-hmm. can do. Kevin Owens is pretty much the the full package. I yes. feel like there's going to be something Agreed. for him. They're just it's kind of like a slow burn, and I hate to say it, but I feel like it's going to involve Sami Zayn when he comes back. 
Like they're gonna have a ma- dude. You know, and you say that because you you kind of agree with me, or am I wrong? Once in a lifetime, once in a lifetime, right? Once in a lifetime, once in a universe, once for in the a last time ever, three lifetimes for the last time. Remember that <laughs> for the last time, the last yeah, time. that BS. But Speaking, no, I, I, uh, hopefully not for the last time, uh, unless Charlotte steps her game up. One of my matches of the night, the WWE SmackDown Women's Title match. Uh, the champ, uh, Mella is money, Carmella, uh, taking on Becky Lynch, who rightfully deserved her, her shots against her conniving friend, Charlotte Flair, uh, 